This week, it's Hell on the Cell as we talk about Tarsum Singh's 2000 movie, The Cell. Ooh, tainted love. No, that's soft cell. Right, and this movie is a hard sell for some. Hey! I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? Let's rock indeed. Welcome back, everybody, to 1,000 Wives of Weird. We took a little hiatus. Well, uh, well, first off, I'm Brad Hefner, and with me is the young cat, Chief Keefe himself. Ian Kiefer. That's right. We took a little hiatus so that Ian could complete his second semester of college. Yes. Which was very hectic for him. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I directed uh, my first ever full-length show, which was The Crucible at college, which we got rave reviews, which was amazing and stuff. So, But yeah, it's been, a, it's been a hell of a time. It's been a hot minute. There's been some changes. I've seen Dr. Woo! Caligari, which I'd never seen before, which seems like a crime, but that was an incredible movie. I just watched that last night. Oh my night. God, what the film? I thought you meant you saw a new doctor. No, no. I, like, I, oh. yeah, I went, no, there's this dude who runs the same insane asylum. I was like, I, uh, oh, are you doing this but yeah, we're yeah. back, and hopefully we're going to be able to do a good run this summer, and we'll see yeah. what next semester holds for Ian. But for right now, we are here, uh, and as I said in the intro, we're talking about the 2000 movie The Cell by Tarsum yes. Singh, who also did The Fall, which is one of the last movies we covered, mm-hmm. which might have been the last movie we covered. It was. Yeah, it was okay. your birthday bash. Yes, it was. Oh, it was a graveyard smash. I was curious about this. I had seen it before, so I decided I'm going to buy it. Watch it again. Figure, well, why the hell not? Since we just did the fall, let's do the movie that put Tarsum on the map, The Cell. And to briefly sum it up, The Cell is a movie about Jennifer Lopez going into the mind of the scariest man in the world, Vincent D'Onofrio. Yes. And trying to uh, find the location of one of his victims. Mm-hmm. I think the tagline was like, his mind is her prison or something like that. Something like that, which isn't entirely accurate. No. Um, well, maybe. So, as always on the show, we like to tell you a little bit about the movie mm-hmm. and then give you our opinions. See if you think the movie is worth watching before you check it out yourself. We always believe movies are best gone into sight unseen yes. as much as you can. Uh, so, Ian, would you recommend The Cell? So, this is a hard one for me. Um, the Fall was amazing. And I think everything Tarsum does with this film... Recommend it, absolutely. Yes. The film is visually stunning, again. Maybe not as much as The Fall, but it is very good. I have very serious critiques with it, which is with the plot, which we'll get into. But at least for the imagery alone, I would recommend it. With a caveat, for a trigger warning, there is a lot of talk of abuse and some very graphic imagery. Not anything that would affect us, but yeah. if you're like more your Marvel films and stuff like that, I wouldn't check out The Cell just because some of the imagery in there. Yeah, and that's... Uh, I would recommend The Cell. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... We'll get into it a little bit. The common criticism with this movie is that it's style over substance. Mm -hmm. I think this movie is so much style, much like The Fall, that it becomes substance. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are problems. And on my second watch, I really noticed more of them. I think it's just the images, most of them, the ones that weren't just, like, outright stolen from other things. Right. um, (laughs) Some from his own stealing from himself. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Some of the stuff is absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, you're never going to see anything like it. It's insane that this was a mainstream movie. I remember advertising for this movie. It's nuts that like any executive was like, 
yeah, let's do this. Let's let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's put this out. Let's put out this uh, this mind bending serial killer uh, victims as dolls. I can see that because of movies like Seven and stuff, and I think that's why maybe people were more okay green lighting this because seven had came out there's probably other serial killer films i can't think of the top of my head but like criminal minds was probably starting it was a huge thing and yeah. stuff but this is like oh this is yeah this is something else this is like it's pure nightmare stuff oh, like yeah. it's nightmare it's fetishy stuff I mean, my um, favorite scene in the movie, which we'll talk later, is probably the scariest scene in the movie, and it's terrifying. There are a couple uh, good scares in this movie. Oh, yeah. All right, are you ready to get into plot? Yeah, do you have any other background info? It was written by... I forgot his name, too. <laughs> it's like Mark Postovich, one second. Yeah, something like that. I know he wrote Poseidon, and what was the other big one? Oh, my God, I looked it up, too. Um... I never seen Poseidon either. Though, so I, I don't know, know what the hell that. Poseidon is. <laughs> I just remember it said he wrote Poseidon in some other big film. Oh, I am Legend. He wrote that. Oh, okay. Um, he also hates this film. He does hate this film. He he apparently it went through many drafts, and I don't I don't know what they changed because it's not like the film got easier to swallow. No, and that's my that that's like my big problem with it is like everything Tarsum touches with this movie incredible. Yeah, it looks great. I have so many problems with the plot, and that's why I blame Mark Protosevich. <laughs> Mark Protosevich. There's also, uh, I wasn't going to talk about this, but there is a sequel called Cell 2. There is. N- I heard it is awful. It is supposed to not be good. And none, they basically steal the plot of set of the Cell, make it the same thing, make it bad, and lose Tarsum in the writer. Okay. <laughs> so, no I, famous actors. I looked it up to see. But, so, I have, a, oh, I have a quick little background info. Yep, go for it. Um, so, as you said, it was directed by Tarsum Singh, his first ever film. Uh, this kind of blew me. It's a financial success. Like you said, oh. it, was, it, wa- it had a hundred and four million dollars on a 33 million budget this was only 33 million dollars yeah that surprises me that does surprise me i'm just surprised it made that much money it's almost the opposite of of the the fall fall, which got pretty good reviews did not make a lot of money this made a lot of money and did not get great reviews no well again i remember the advertising it was so interesting like uh just the iconic moment where and a bit of spoilers but Demon Carl rises from the throne and the curtains so good. pull with him. That was in the trailers that they showed on TV. So I think that alone was like, hey, what's this curtain movie? I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, we'll get into it later, but the costume design. Oh, uh, oh my God. Eiko Ishioda. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. She is. Um, but yeah, so it was nominated for a Best Makeup Oscar. Um, oh. It lost. What do you think it lost to? Uh, the Smurfs. <laughs> Pretty much. The How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, oh. So you were closer than you thought. Oh, no. Um, and much of the images are based on music videos and famous paintings. Yes. Uh, which we'll talk about when we get to that. And that's basically everything I have for the background. So we begin the movie with famous butt-haver Jennifer Lopez <laughs> riding a horse through a vast desert. Uh, she dismounts the horse and it turns into a statue. Yes. She climbs a dune wearing a white dress with a feathery collar and cape. She seems to walk for a while. Seems like she could have kept riding. Oh, yeah. Seems like she could <laughs> didn't need to abandon the horse this soon. 
Um, Speaking of the desert, it's also in the fall. Yes, it is. It's one of Tarsum's favorite places to shoot and stuff. So. Uh, and I noted uh, the desert vistas look great. Oh, Tarsum has great. never met a vista he didn't like. That's true. <laughs> the score is by Howard Shore. Yes, I talk about it later, yeah. Um, one of the most prolific film composers. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, and also he's done like 20 movies with David Cronenberg. Yes, yeah. And, and the score is amazing in this. Yes, it's great. It's, so it's good. fantastic. And I am going to only refer to J-Lo as J-Lo. Okay. And only refer to Vince Vaughn as Vince Vaughn. Okay. Um, That's what I was... I don't know their character names either. I think it's Dr. Lo's Dean. Catherine Dean, yep. And then the other one is Peter Novak? Yes. Wow, look at me. Wow. <laughs> Someone watched the movie. <laughs> Are we going to talk about Vincent D'Onofrio? Or are we going to say well, Carl I, I always say Carl. Starger? I say Carl or Carl Jr. Um, eventually, J-Lo finds a boy reflecting light off of a locket. Yep. She thanks the boy for the horse, but she says she thought they were going sailing today. She turns to see a decrepit, rusted-out boat. Mm-hmm. She says, it's too old. She turns back and sees a toy boat in the sand and says, mm-hmm. that'll do. She extends her hand to the boy, whose name is Mr. E., mystery oh my god i never even picked up on that (laughs) yeah so stupid (laughs) or edward or eddie or edo as i call him uh the boy says it the boat is broke according to mokey loke or as j-lo says mucky luck luck. seems like on set they could have like hashed this out yeah actually called uh yeah let's let's talk about j-lo's acting well i think mokey log is supposed to sound like mucky muck that I saw trivia that says that, which yeah. I don't doesn't really track for me. I feel like I've heard of that before, but like a Mucky Monk is like a uh, higher up. Oh, okay, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No, but like I said, the, the writing on this is sometimes really bad. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, JLo's acting. I know we have differing opinions. Um, so I can go first. I think I'm probably with the most popular opinion because the 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 critique you get from this movie the most is JLo's awful in it. Yes. Um. I she does this weird whisper monotone the entire movie and some of it's okay but it's just I think at the end of the day it's Jennifer Lopez that you're watching yeah and you can't get past that for me at least because she was the thing that brought me down the most in the movie yes. it's just because I thought her acting was really bad but then again I haven't seen her do really good acting there was that Hustlers film that I saw a bit of that she was actually quite good in okay I've never seen that I, I'm trying to I know I've seen her in other things she was in Selena which I never saw but I heard was awful um, about the pop star yeah and I just bought uh, during the Kino Lorber sale a movie with her and George Clooney that I've started a few times but just haven't been in the mood for and she is a little different okay. than in this but I I don't like love her acting in this, no. but I find it works because she's supposed to be like a former social worker. She specializes with children. She's trying to get across. Yeah. I see what she was. They were going with it. Is she's like she's trying to be the calm person all the time. And it's, it's not just calm. It's like a calm nothingness. Like yeah. it's just like she's like just this breath. I think my biggest problem is even with her acting, and we'll get into this later. There are so many things with these characters that you're like, oh, they have backstory. That's yes. why they're like this. And it's just not written in the movie. There's one I have later that really pisses me off. Yeah, I but, think I can guess what it is. Yeah, um, but it just seems like there, there's definitely supposed to be something here. It almost looks like it was written in. And this movie's in about an hour and 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Neither way it gets too long and just start cutting shit. 
because there has to be a reason why she wants to do with kids and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know, but but like, and also, she's very pretty. So just this combination of like, oh, pretty lady, and she's just talking in this calm monotone. I could see how that would be very uh, comforting for children. Yeah, she as was, opposed to like a bog hag just being like. Heal, heal, heal. <laughs> she was also she was in uh, this kind of surprised me she was from the film from the beginning so she oh, wasn't yeah. like later on so I, like I'm, a stunt casting i'm almost wondering if that's why it was made is because her name was so big possibly um, she she loves dissected horses and she she's does like, this is my passion project this is her passion project having a butt and dissected horses those are my two the two things that keep me going i did think so i thought i it took me about halfway through and then i finally was like okay this is what we're getting with her performance it's it's fine what for what it is but then you kind of think about what you could get imagine someone like kate blanchett in this role yeah or Vi- viola davis <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why that makes me laugh because Viola Davis is always amazing. Oh, she's amazing. She's a fucking powerhouse. But just, I imagine her just reading this script and just be like, yelling. no. No, that's no, fair. Just, I'm not doing this. But it, the, what really got me is she's great with the kid. That's good. When we get into her fighting and her back and forth with Vincent D'Onofrio, yeah. I'm just going to say before he comes down, Vincent D'Onofrio is amazing in this. He's always amazing. I don't know that I've ever seen a bad Vincent D'Onofrio performance. He's This is my favorite performance I've seen of his. He's so good in this. Um, and uh, and it's when you have them back and forth, it's just not even fair. No, like, it's they're not. They're acting performances and stuff. So Anyway, we'll get talk but, about it later. Yeah, we'll talk about uh, the scariest man in the world, Vincent D'Onofrio, oh soon God, enough. he's so good in this. Um... <laughs> Uh, J-Lo admonishes the boy, we're not going to talk about mucky luck today. This is a no mucky luck day. But his face becomes vaguely monstrous, sort of like the Buffy vampires. Yeah, kind of looking like that. And he runs away, and And J-Lo... And mucky luck is like the stand-in for the boogeyman. Yes, which will not really have much to tie in. I have no idea. Yeah, that's later on, but I have no idea. (laughs) Yeah, it's not an elegantly... Plotted thing. He runs away. J-Lo presses a square on her hand like Mm -hmm. she's a PlayStation. Turns out she was inside the boy's mind. Whoa. She wakes up in a skin-tight red suit that looks like her flesh was removed down to the muscles and sinew. Yes, and I recognized it right away because it's in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, is it? And Aiko... How do you say her name? Ishioka, I believe. Ishioka? Okay. Aiko Ishioka designed Bram Stoker's Dracula and won an Academy Award for it. Ooh. And I saw that and I was like, I know that. A costume. And I was like, is that? And then I looked up I was like, oh, it's the same costume designer. And then Ica went and did all of Tarsum's films, including yeah. The Fall and everything. So Until she died. Yeah, 2012. Ooh. Uh, the Aztecs were right. They were, yeah. Yeah, they predicted her death. Well, she's like the entire world, so when she died, the whole world ended. Yeah, her costumes make me think that, honestly. That's very true. And her face is covered with a towel, mm-hmm. which <laughs> I don't know why. It's just, like, I get it, oh, but you, you think there'd be something more visually interesting. Like than a mask just, like, or something. Than just, like, she's on a long flight, and she just... <laughs> Well, I remember reading. I remember reading an interview with Tarsem where he was like, he wanted just to be literally like a dish towel, yeah, like just a white towel. And then people were like, come on, you need to have something more fancy you, than you, that. You need a sci-fi <laughs> towel, Tarsem. It needs to be a tech towel. Uh, next door is the boy Edward in similar yep. garb, but without the titties. In the facility, there are two other people: Doctor Henry West, played by Dylan Baker, who oh, I originally thought was David Caruso. 
Oh, okay. I don't know. I've seen Dylan Baker in a lot. I like him in everything he's in. Yeah. The thing I remember most is he's in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man film. Yes, as Dr. Kurt Connor. Yes. Um, but he's really good in this. I mean, he doesn't have much to do. No. But he's, he's a good scientist. Guy. He's a good He's a good scientist, man. He's a, he's a good <coughs> presence. Sorry. And we also have Dr. Miriam Kent, played yes. by Marianne Jean-Baptiste. She's really good. She's great. Also given nothing to do. I have no idea what else she's been in, but I'd like to see more. Yeah, given that nothing French to voice. do and honestly not really a necessary character. No, not at all, but I like her. I like her too. Edward's parents arrive. We realize that Edward is in a coma. And Edward's father is played by the most Udo Kier looking and sounding motherfucker who is not Udo Kier. <laughs> like, I was like... His voice um, is great. <laughs> Oh, it's great because it's Udo Kier's <laughs> voice. Kier. It's, it's, it's insane. Like, I feel like Udo Kier and this man need to fight to the death to, like, yeah. figure out who's going to be Udo Kier. Is Udo Kier still alive? I believe so. Oh, yay. Let's get him on the podcast. We should. Put him right here between us. Yeah. <laughs> All a rose between two thorns. <laughs> Project has been going on for seven years. Yep. They've been working on Eddie for nearly two years. No progress. Eddie's pop isn't impressed and wants to withdraw Edo and send him to some vegetable farm. Yeah, whatever. basically. Sanitarium, sand asylum kind of thing, yeah. We don't really learn... So, the kid has schizophrenia, right? Well, let's get to that a we'll little bit later. We'll get that later. later because that's really the dumbest thing in the movie. Oh, my God. Next, we see a turtle. Yay, a turtle! I love this turtle. Oh, yes. Look me a second. But this, is, <laughs> but this is not our villain. No. Unfortunately. Not our hero, either. No. Well, maybe. Well, kind of. <laughs> Instead, we shift to a truck driven by the scariest actor in the world, Vincent D'Onofrio. Who looks Carl's... exactly like Dahmer in this, with the wig. He does have he does have a wig, which makes it more disconcerting. He looks like the Ross Lynch. I don't know if you've seen that, but my friend Dahmer. No, awful movie. Never saw it before, but uh, it's Ross Lynch. who's from these Disney movies playing Jeffrey Dahmer. Okay, but he looks exact because I, I when I saw it, I was like, wait, is this supposed to be Dahmer? <laughs> like, yeah, it looks very close. to He him. does have a little. He is. He does have hair, which I feel makes him scarier because it's, it's like it's like Vincent D'Onofrio is like trying to trick you. Vincent D'Onofrio has always been bald since he, he yes. started. Yes, and full metal jacket. Yeah, um, and just uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is always going to be scary. Even on Law and Order, where he's supposed to be a good guy, I know, right? Like he just like, oh man, this is the cops they warn you about, which is all cops, but yeah, like true. Vincent D'Onofrio is definitely like, I'm going to get out a phone book and just beat the shit out He's of you. He's the one who just the throws the car, uh, yeah. chair at the window and everything. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, Vincent D'Onofrio, I did look up a little bit. I knew of him and I've known of his name and the little performance I've seen, I've loved him. Yeah. It's going to blow you away. I've only seen him in two roles ever. This? No, before this. Okay. It's Full Metal Jacket, which I saw when I was like, way too young, like a child. So mm-hmm. I don't remember that movie at all. I need to see it again. You should watch it again. It's a good movie. And Jurassic World, which is my most... He's in Jurassic World? Have you seen it? No. He plays Vic Hoskins, like the bad guy who's trying to kill the raptor, or trying to use the raptors for the military. Oh, oh, Jurassic... Uh, for whatever Not Jurassic meant, Park, yeah. I thought you meant The Lost World, Jurassic no, World, The Lost no, no. World. And I was like, but I have seen... No, but Vince Vaughn is in that. Yes, he is. There we go. Uh, I have seen Jurassic World. Yeah. I forgot got that he was in that. That is the only role I can remember him in. Loved him as an actor. Yeah. Never seen... I've seen maybe Men in Black, because I know he's in that. And oh, he's great. He's so good in Men Edgar in Black. Edgar the Bug, yeah. yeah. Sugar water. <laughs> I 
just watched that clip yesterday. That's why I remember that and stuff. But I just want to see more of him because, like, the he's, little bit I've seen, this is great. He's fantastic. He's also, do you want me to blow you away? Sure. He's a children's book author. Is he? Can you imagine an audiobook read from him? It's about little pigs. And so the pigs <laughs> went into the sty. Take it to the We know it's not really a sty. We know it's a prison. <laughs> Uh, like I just I can't imagine being what I'm imagining now I'm imagining okay I just had a lot of thoughts okay. really quickly but where it ended up is it's Vincent D'Onofrio doing drag story time at a oh library the RuPaul SNL thing oh I, I don't know oh there's a drag library thing at the but RuPaul that's thing. that's a thing that happens oh, these is days it? is drag story time at libraries that's awesome because yeah. they they dress up goofy and they have all the crazy colors and that's it's great. fun for kids yeah it's been a controversial thing where like of every time it happens it is, people yeah. get up in arms but now I'm imagining like Vincent D'Onofrio dressed up as Carmen Miranda and he's just like <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, <laughs> it's like fucking eyebrows are working today. <laughs> but I can't imagine being the children of Vincent D'Onofrio. Right. Like, I'm sure he's a very loving father. Oh yeah, he seems like the sweetest guy. At the same time, it's like your dad has that voice. So when you bring the slip and slide in the house and like cause a mess, I will say about his performance in this. Vincent's wife was so scared of his performance that she made him not be able to sleep in their bed for two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't blame her. No. He's fucking terrifying in this. Yeah, he is. He arrives at a silo with a white dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, the doggo mm. is so cute. Yeah, Valentine. Oh, that's the true hero of the story. It is, along with Turtle. And Turtle. Dog and Turtle. Dog and Turtle. Vincent D'Onofrio's new book. <laughs> <laughs> and so the turtle carried the dog across the... albino the... dog. <laughs> Sorry. Inside, Carl finds a dead woman, or nearly dead, in a cell filled with water. Uh, she seizes, and Carl retreats to a corner to put his hand down his pants. <laughs> yep. Then he drains the water from the cell, which is a visual metaphor, I just realized, for ejaculation. Yes, yeah, yeah. I didn't pick that up on that in the two times I watched it. There's a lot of visual metaphor. There's my favorite ones later. Yeah, oh, there, there's a lot of good visual language. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, we learned that Eddie's parents will give the team six more months. Mm-hmm. J-Lo argues that they should let Ed into her mind instead of her going into his. Carl loads the dead woman into his pickup truck and drives away. And man, if that isn't just a country song. (laughs) I put the dead woman in my pickup truck because I drowned her for my nut. Yeah, about Jennifer Lopez, the whole thing about going into the other minds, they don't really explain why it's dangerous, why they can't do it. It's like... No, they don't. It's and it's like, going to become really important later in the movie. Yeah. But they really just don't explain why they're so against this. They just need a literal, like, trick that they can pull at the end of the movie. Spoiler alert. But, yeah. like, they're going to be Exactly. Like, the yeah. thing that they can't do at the beginning is going to be the thing they do at the end. The amount of coke that was snorted on this <laughs> script. <laughs> it's literally the crossing the streams in Ghostbusters where it we is. can't do it. We got to do it. Why can't we do it? Uh, I don't know. It'll be bad. <laughs> I wrote my notes here. Jennifer Lopez was such a bad pick for this role. Don't really know why. I think it's just throughout the movie. Yeah. I think especially when she was trying to argue with the parents and was like, let me go into his mind and everything, or let him go into my mind. I think that I was just yeah, like, Yeah, oh, that no, wasn't no. great. And then there's this thing where she's like, his dad doesn't like me. And it's like, yeah. why not? Oh, it's the, the argument with... The the other woman. Yeah. I don't remember her name because she's so important in the movie. But J-Lo <laughs> has a sexy night in oh, with God. her butt wearing just her work blouse and some underwear. 
And Carl is also having a sexy night in. He gives his yes, corpse. Yeah. He gives his corpse. At first, I thought it was like a milk bath because it's just this white liquid. Maybe it was bleach. <laughs> it was bleach. Okay, because there's later. a bunch of bleach containers in back. But, but it looks like a milk like, bath. It's like, oh. Well, this actress, some... this dead actress, yeah. looks so much like Mia Goth to me when I was watching it. It's like, oh my God, this is Mia Goth's first role <laughs> and everything. Um, Mia Goth would have been like two. That's what I, well, I guess that's true. Um, but it's, this was actually the second pink Power Ranger. Oh. The actress who played her. Wow. Catherine Moving. Sutherland, I believe. Ooh. Wonder if she's related to Donald and Kiefer. Maybe. Maybe they're on set watching her get rubbed down by Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> Your daughter's skin is very soft, <laughs> Mr. Sutherland. Now it's turning into Kiefer from uh, Freeway. <laughs> what if? What do you think those two buddies would do on a night out? Uh, Carl and uh, Bob. Bob, that's his name. Yeah. I don't know, but I, my ins, my gut reaction was that it would get homoerotic very fast. Oh my god, yeah. I think it'd start off with like a lot of posturing, a lot of like, no, I'm the big man. Well, Bob would try to psychoanalyze. Yeah. Carl, and then Carl would just murder him. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably what would happen. That's probably what would happen. But he lays her on a slab and then rinses the body off. And J-Lo's fucking blazing a joint. She is. Smoking a duber. That's what I do on my sexy nights out. Yeah, and she sits at her iMac. <laughs> which I feel like is a summoning ritual for Jeff Goldblum. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. you're sitting at your iMac, you're smoking a dube, and he just comes up and is like, hey, what's that smell? <laughs> Carl is in his dungeon. He takes his shirt off, revealing oh. a bunch of metal rings in his back. We don't. They don't talk about this either and stuff. Like, I get it's because he's being suspended and stuff. Yeah. But it'd be interesting, I think, when we get into the stuff later with his, like, father and stuff. Like, why he wanted to surgically impl- There's easier ways to suspend yourself than yeah, hooking metal rings into your skin. I imagine it's a, a masochism thing. It, it has to be, yeah. Um, or he just, he's a big Sonic fan. <laughs> like, I want my, I want my rings too, but I'm not going to lose these ones because like, they're part of me. It's like Zaz. Every time he gets a ring, he puts it <laughs> into his... Uh, but it's a very scary sight. It is. It's very disconcerting. Yeah. Uh, really and the effects me. are done really well. And he watches footage of his murders, oh. tortures. Possibly <laughs> the most uh, unnecessary, but my favorite thing in this movie is J-Lo is watching... The fucking amazing animated movie, <laughs> The Fantastic Planet. Planet. I have that too. 1973, French-Czech co-production. Wild-ass movie we'll have to talk about sometime. Oh, it's such a good movie. Well, I just was like, yeah, that's what I do on my sexy nights out. I watch Fantastic <laughs> Planet to help me fall asleep. It's, it's a disturbing movie. <laughs> For all the movies to help me fall asleep, Fantastic yeah. Planet's not the first one I go to. <laughs> it's a deeply unsettling... Like, it's a true vision of an alien world. It's also... Uh, has a lot of heady concepts. Oh, yeah. But the point is, and like, so in these past few minutes, we've we've found out that J-Lo's character, Mindy Lou Brainstalker, is just a righteous bitch. She's, she's getting high. She's watching crazy 70s French animated movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's do nothing with that. Let's just, like, do nothing with that character that we've no, established. Let's just make to. her this blank nothing. No, she is so underwritten. Yeah. Like, her character is, ugh. J-Lo looks down at her brown sheets, and they morph into the desert of Ed Bones' brain. Mm-hmm. The camera zooms into a dry lake and a hollow log, which J-Lo approaches. In her mind, she asks if he saw seals being killed on the beach, mm-hmm. because after nearly two fucking years, she has just noticed a news clipping <laughs> on her corkboard about seals being killed on the beach where Mr. E was at when he went into his coma. 
Yeah. Like, never made that connection before. Like, yeah, I know. It's it's very oh, dumb. It's very it's dumb. Very dumb. And it, it could be easily like, oh, I'm using my iMac to surf the internet, <laughs> and I just found out about this seal thing. I will say my favorite thing that Tarsum does is his transitions. Oh yeah. And there's a couple in this, but one of the best ones is when she's in the bed sheets and it turns into the desert. I mean, I think that's his like visual symbol as a director is his transitions because they're always so good. I 100% agree. If only he could have made a career on that. Just I know, like. Right? Um, I need to check out, there's the other f- movie, I, I don't really want to see Mirror Mirror, because I don't care about his take on Disney. No, <laughs> I almost watched it, if I would have had time, I would have watched it, because it's streaming somewhere, and I was like, yeah. what did Tarsum do after his star fell? Is it a Disney movie? I don't think so. As if it's not a Disney movie, it might be interesting, but if it's Disney, it would just be like, when they get, you know, great directors to come in and do shit yeah. movies. But then there's the other one. I know Selfless I haven't seen. Yeah, that's his latest one. And then there's one in between that. Immortals. Immortals. I heard that's very badly written, but very visually stunning again. I, I would be willing to check it out. I remember when that came out, and one of my friends was into it. Anyway, inside the log is Seal Eddie. Yes. It's, um... <laughs> oh, I never great... connected that it's supposed to be Seal. Yeah, yeah. he's a Seal boy. I just be his boogeyman thing. Yeah, that makes sense. But he pops out of the log, and he's a little seal boy, and I love this design. I love this character. Yeah. I wish Seal Eddie, Thalidomide Eddie, (laughs) was just this, like, recurring, like, psychopomp in her mind or whatever. Like, like when she went into Carl's world, Seal Eddie was there, and he was like, No, J-Lo, you gotta help him. Right? Well, I love how we spend, I mean, this is probably about 15 minutes in where we're at now, and we spend these 15 minutes, we're like, okay, it's going to be between this woman and Eddie. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. You don't see fucking Eddie after this until nope. the end of the movie. Eddie gets dropped, and in fact, they weren't even going to bring Eddie back at the end. No. But Carson was like, um, we really need to do something with that whole other plot line. Well, I don't even know why Eddie's in. Well, we can talk about it later. It's to establish... The whole the, parallel. And- well, not just that. Just to establish the technology before they use it. Like, they need to show it something. That's true. And Tarsum need uh, an excuse to go to a desert. Yeah, that's true. Meanwhile, Lothario, Hot Stuff Carl, is crawling on top of the no, corpse. No, don't call him that. <laughs> then suspending himself above it, go. being hoisted by hooks attached to the metal rings in his back, oh. and he has one mean J.O. sesh. Yeah, he does. And Vincent D'Onofrio almost passed out doing this. Oh, he was just that turned on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, I don't know. So I don't, I've never made a movie, and I don't know yeah. a lot video movies. How do you shoot? something like this i have no clue okay i have no clue because obviously they didn't actually suspend someone with hooks in their skin it's possible that they found a body mod person or something like that who did have the rings okay because i know there are people who do this yeah uh and they might have had them as like a double Mm -hmm. i have no clue how this was achieved yeah i would like to think that vincent d'onofrio just was like give me the rings i'll just do it give me the rings coach send me in he seems like he method acts sometimes i wouldn't be surprised i don't know if you do that but i i wouldn't i would be like when daniel day lewis method acts i bet it's more just like annoying and like pretentious and anything if vincent d'onofrio was around me method acting i would just like it's like the heath ledger doing yeah no it would be like if fucking king kong was method acting <laughs> like, was met- 
the other thing is, I don't know the logistics of this. Maybe it's a real thing, the suspension of hooks and stuff. Like, it would is. That, wouldn't that rip right out of your skin? I'm not sure, but people do it. Okay. People suspend themselves. It's a, um, is it a kink thing, or is it more of a... It's... Or both. It can probably be a spiritual thing. It, like. like, it's a lot of different things. I imagine it varies from person to person. Yeah. It's disturbing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not... It's not a first date thing. No. It's not like, hey, watch me suspend myself. Can you what? hook me in? <laughs> can you hook me in? Dude, can you imagine Carl's first date? <laughs> I don't think Carl dates a lot. I think that's why. You don't why, think so? No. I, no, I think he gets most of his ladies off the street. Off the car park? Yep. <laughs> so it seems that Carl has dumped the body because a bunch of police and or FBI agents show up, including Dean fucking Norris. Yes. Mr. Sex Gifts himself. He gets himself. about three lines in this movie, but he's great. Yes. And he's literally just Hank Schrader. Yeah. He's literally, like, he looks the same. He's playing basically the same eight, same character as an agent and everything. Yeah. It's great. Also, Vince Vaughn and yeah. James Gammon, who I've seen in multiple things and looks so familiar, but I can't, like, place him. Does James Gammon play Teddy Lee or Vince Vaughn's partner? He plays, I think he's the dude with the mustache. Oh, so Teddy Lee. That I wrote yeah. that because I didn't wrote the actor playing Teddy Lee is great. Yeah. Really liked him and everything. Yeah. But what do they find? They find... And the woman dead wrapped in plastic. A body wrapped, wrapped in, in plastic. plastic. There are so many Twin Peaks references in this movie. Yes. That Torsum had to be watching. <laughs> no, they're, they're, it's all obvious references. Oh, too. God, yeah. Like, super obvious references. It was either Torsum or... Mark Prasetovich. And here's one of the obvious ones, wrapped in plastic. Yes. We learned that Carl makes his victims look like dolls, and he puts collars on them. Mm -hmm. uh, FBI agent Vince Vaughn is all business. He wants results. He's so results, he doesn't even know how results he is. So this is the other big critique with the film, is they say Jennifer Lopez is awful. They say Vince Vaughn's really bad. I thought he was quite good in this. He's fine. For a comedic actor taking on a dramatic role. Yeah. He's not anything special. Would I rather have a really good dramatic actor? Yeah. Sure. But, like, I thought he was serviceable in this yeah. and everything. Um, they should have had Vincent D'Onofrio play two roles. Oh, my Where God. he was Novak <laughs> and Carl Strager. He can play all of it. <laughs> yeah. Him playing <laughs> Catherine Dean talking yeah. to Yeah. And he has, like, he has, like, a butt in, like, a prosthetic... <laughs> To give him that J-Lo jazz. <laughs> yeah. Um, later, the cops find... I'm skipping over a lot. Can you play the dog? Yeah. <laughs> Valentine? Rough. Rough. <laughs> Method acting? Starts eating dog food. It's <laughs> 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 a dog food commercial, and like the woman is opening up a can of dog food, and she just giant Vince Vaughn in a dog suit like bursts through the door and pushes her out of the way and grabs it and just starts shoveling handfuls into his mouth. Oh, my God. Later, the cops find a clue about an albino dog, yeah. and they cross-reference it with the make of Carl's truck, which they discern through tire prints. They figure out it's Carl, and Vincey V will not sleep until he catches this bro. No. Again, very underwritten character. But... They don't get to him fast enough because Carl abducts some Sarah Michelle Geller-looking woman. She looks, yeah, very close. And now it's time to get that son of a bitch. I will say, um, not to compliment a serial killer here, yeah. but the thing with the dog is pretty smart to yeah. be able to actually train your dog to act like someone hit you. Because, like, I, I, my, my, we'll talk later. But my biggest things in movies is child abuse and animal abuse yes. and stuff. So They're the things you love the most. 
<laughs> yeah, of course. That's what you look for. You. Oh you... yeah, no. Um, yeah, that's the stuff that really gets me. That's why I've not watched the new Guardians film yet, and everything. I will probably because I heard it's very good. It's very good. But the the whole thing with like animals, especially stuff, is I know me being a real person. Like I I felt very in tune with this woman like looking because whenever i'm in a car park alone leaving ctl and stuff I yeah no it's creepy it's creepy car parks are creepy and it's like she's like looking around she has her pepper spray and everything and then i know but if i see like a dog on the ground or something hurt i would lose all of my safety and everything because yeah. i care so much about animals and everything so i think that was really smart of the writer because i'm gonna shit on the writer a lot yeah smart on the writer for this part and everything well again to be fair to mike Prasetovich. We don't know how much of his script was really changed. Good point, yes. It could have been the most brilliant script in the world. Then again, uh, I've seen I Am Legend, and I didn't think that script yeah, was Yeah, very, very true. <laughs> and it's I haven't seen true. Poseidon. <laughs> I don't even know. Oh, the remake of the Poseidon Adventure. Is that what it is? I think so. Oh, wow. That's what I assume. <laughs> yep. Huh, look at that. Who's in it? I think The Rock was in it. Oh, of course he was. Hey, Kurt Russell. Hey. Richard Dreyfus. Wow, look at that. And Andre Brogger. I don't know that person. He was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I never watched it. It's okay. It's propaganda, but... Yeah. It was it was an enjoyable show for what it was. Speaking of propaganda, this is what I was going to talk about is I, again, propaganda stuff, don't really like that. I can't watch the NCIS that yeah. my grandparents watch and stuff. Uh, the thing that for me, though, is FBI and especially, like, behavioral stuff. Really, yeah. I know they're probably just as bad and racist and everything, like those government agencies, and I hate government, obviously. Yeah. But, um, but like, Criminal Minds, I used to watch when I was a kid. So, like, this really did touch a part of my head where, like, it is interesting to think about psychopathics and yeah, it's it's cool. It's easier than regular like cops because it's like oh, they're getting the really bad guys. Yes, and that's one of the oops, sorry, that's one of the the biggest reviews I've seen. I don't think we talked about it. Roger Ebert really liked this. Put it on his top ten of the two yeah. thousands and everything. One of the reviews I don't remember the guy's name, but someone I've heard of before really didn't like this film and was writing something like, "When I see a psycho pastoral killer, I want to see them beat shot." set on fire and not curdled no. like a kid i'm like that's fucking boring just watching well i'm stuff. also gonna address something along those sure. lines a bit later but here's where i pointed out that hair d'onofrio in oh. men in black is like funny and weird but hair d'onofrio in the cell is so like creepy uncomfortable and disconcerting because again it's like a little bit like a page boy like he looks yeah. like a bit like a fancy lad well, it doesn't look good. Uh, like no, you, it, you don't think it's his hair, but I think I think what I read is the character is also bald, and the character wears a wig. Oh, that would make that sense. might not be true. But just how much you see later with a bald head and everything, it seems like something where he's very secure about his image and everything yeah. that he would wear, something like that. The cops are moving in on Carl. Another Twin Peaks reference. He's singing Marzy Dotes. I was just gonna say, was in also in his bathtub, just like yep. Ernie playing with the rubber tree. Yeah. I also love that they got a bathtub way too small. So his, like, <laughs> legs are out in the middle. Like, he's covered yeah. his junk, thank God, but, and everything. You don't want to see Vincent D'Onofrio's D? Can't say I do. Oh, man. I bet it looks just like him. Oh, I'm sure. But it's like... It's a little Vincent? I, I imagine it's gigantic and, like, veiny and completely bald, oh, like, no God. pubes. Just, like... But yes, he's singing Marzy Dotes, which really, I love that. Yeah. I always just love that song. Yeah, it's a great I know song. it because of Twin Peaks, but it's a fun song. I know it from, I first heard it when I was a child on the Lamb Chop show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it takes the house down at karaoke. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <Seen> Absol <laughs> at public domain karaoke. 
Homezy dots. Dozy dots and little lambsy <laughs> ivy. Kiddly um, ivy too, wouldn't you? Carl starts to have a seizure, yes. but he manages to get out of the tub and he continues to seize as he moves throughout the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI burst in, they search the house, they find the dog. Unlike the real FBI, they don't shoot it. They don't. Which the FBI definitely would during oh a raid. That dog would be yeah. super dead. They also probably would have shot Carl on the ground. Possibly. Maybe not. They, but what is he looking for? He's having a seizure, and he's like running. He's opening cabinets and stuff. I don't know. I assume that it was just that His was sort medicine? of like just like oh, okay. unintentional movement. Like he's just like maybe trying to get outside or something. Yeah. And he's just like accidentally opening up all this shit. True. They find Carl unconscious on the floor. Mm-hmm. Down in Carl's dungeon, they find a lovely oh. collection of homemade action figures, as well as a tape of one of Carl's victims. This is one of the most disturbing shots in the movie for me. There's one more disturbing later, but this one really just... It's also the lighting. Yes. It's so... Because they're in a basement, it's so dark. And, like, Tarsum does this amazing thing where he, he turns the camera to hit all this stuff, but there's, like, light shimmering on stuff. Oh, mm-hmm. God. Yes, it's very upsetting. Yeah. And we see that there's a live feed to Carl's latest victim at the yes. cell in the silo. Yeah. Now. Was that a was that a live feed to the latest victim, or was that just his, I thought it was just his video from the one that we see in the beginning. I was not sure, but somehow the FBI knows that there's a victim they need to find. Yeah, well, that's because of the parents. We see that earlier. Remember they talked to the parents, or maybe that's later, but they talked to the parents of the girl. Okay. Because the parents probably called and said my daughter didn't come home, or, or her husband's getting married. They're getting married, but, like, what connects that to Carl? Oh, uh, well, I, I assume that they found more bodies. Because remember they say in the, Vince Vaughn says something like, it took us three months to find the last body, but he left in shallow water this time. Yeah. And everything. So, like, they've been searching for him. Just a missing person doesn't denote that it's because of Carl. That's my thing. No, I was thinking this is Carl's, like, seventh victim. And, well, like, yeah, after a while, he they, they can see stuff that, like, you know, each body is the same, that they figure out it is a serial killer. I don't think they know the guy's name or anything. They either later, either yeah, way, no. they know that there's a girl they have to find. Sure, there, sorry. There's a bit of footage. I did want to say, really quick, but Tarsum's director, and I talked a lot about that and everything, is this is so different from The Fall. Yes. Which is really interesting and everything. Like, how it's not the same. Like, there are things, there's the desert shots that are in all of them, but this movie is completely directed differently than The Fall. Yeah. Worse, but still. Yeah. Now the FBI doctor says a bunch of dumb movie <laughs> bullshit about God. a stupid made-up virus. Whalen's infraction. Whalen's infraction. Which is made up. Which sounds like uh, someone didn't come to a complete stop at a stop sign. <laughs> a stupid made-up virus that causes schizophrenia. Yeah. They get it in utero, and it can lay dormant for decades, but is usually triggered by water. Yeah. Complete movie bullshit complete disease bullshit. that does not exist. And also, once it's triggered, it sends people into a super coma. coma. (laughs) Where they may never wake again. And it's not just that they're like, they're just like completely gone, man. They're just like gone. And the doctor tells people about Operation J-Lo, where they send J-Lo into the minds of super coma motherfuckers. Yes, so the writing, obviously, we talk about is really bad. I will say the premise 
is very interesting. And then I learned none of it was original. And there was a move, there was a book about someone going into the mind of a serial killer through a psychology. Oh, yeah? and everything. So I was like, the premise was the most interesting thing to me. Really the reason why I wanted to check out this movie and everything was, because it sounds really interesting. It does. Using to go into the mind of a serial killer. And that stuff is really awesome. Yeah. It takes 45 minutes to get into that, but... I would like to point out that that's not the most insanely creative idea. Like, I feel like people could come up with that idea independently. Oh, sure. But, yeah. I'm trying to give the writer as much help I can, you know? Yeah. Carl's drowning operation is automated. So this woman is going to die if they don't jack off Vincent D'Onofrio's brain yeah. and get his cum secrets. Is it like 24 hours, they say, or something like something that? Something like that. Yeah. But, ticking uh, clock element. That's that's the other thing that annoyed me is because I knew right when they said ticking clock element, you could tell you the last scene was going to be they're running to that way. Yeah, oh, oh, I can't get in, and it's exactly seconds, that. Yeah. and because it's a big glass thing filled with water, you know, it's, it's all going to come be, pouring yeah. out. All right, we're going to take a quick break. So, Ian, yes, I also have uh, brain stalker technology. Do you? And I'm gonna I'm gonna do you think you could solve some people's problems? I sure can try. Okay, so um, I have this horse okay. that's addicted to methamphetamine. Ooh. And I need you to go inside the mind of this horse okay. and um, uh, just sort of talk it through its addiction. Okay. okay? All right, I'm going to strap you in. All right. I'm going to hook you up. I'm going to put you in the red titty suit. <laughs> All right. Zoom. And just because the audience can't see what you're seeing. Yeah. And I can through my mind goggles. Yes, and I can uh, hear you. Um, yes, okay. you're on a barnyard, and okay. there's there's a gray horse there. Okay. It's wearing a straw hat, and it's it has a meth pipe in its mouth. <laughs> and it goes, okay. hey, Ian. Oh, you can talk. Yeah, I can talk. It's a dream, or it's Whoa. my mind. And also, how else would I buy methamphetamine if I couldn't talk to the dealer? <laughs> so, Mr. Horace, how did you get started on methamphetamine? Oh, um, I was at Studio 54, and my drink got uh, roofied, and someone hooked me on meth. They shot me up with crystal <laughs> while I was unconscious. Well, that's not good. No, it's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. But I bit them. I kicked them in the head, and they're dead now. <laughs> and now I just live on this farm smoking meth all day. Does anyone live here with you? Yeah, a bunch of children. Oh, great. Bunch do of they orphan children. Do no. they smoke meth as well? No, they go out and pick pockets to get oh. me my meth money. Are you faking? I, I'm not faking anything. <laughs> Um, so when you were a child, uh, did your horse dad beat you? No, I never knew my horse dad. He, Aww. he, uh, blasted his horse nuts into his mom and into my mom, your which mom? was his mom. <laughs> oh, no. That's why I'm a little slow. Um, but then he was right off to the glue fat. We can't have incest Aww. horses under this fascist government, so... Off to the glue factory. Who's leading the government? Um, a porcupine. A porcupine? Named Devin. So this isn't just all horses here? No. Oh, God. It's like Animal Farm. Wow. But porcupines <laughs> aren't porcupine. generally farm animals. Yeah. So is that why it's a fascist dictatorship? Yeah. Oh, I see. And also, they won't let me smoke my crystal. <laughs> So they've outlawed crystal meth. Yeah. So how are you still getting it? Well, how do people get crystal meth anywhere? 
<laughs> so you have a dealer. Yes. So do you have a horse phone? I do have a horse phone. It's shaped like a horse. Good. Well, I'm going to need you to call up your dealer. Okay. And you're going to have to tell him no more. Boop, 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 <laughs> boop, boop, boop. I'm using my, the, the keypad's very big. Okay. And I'm using my hoof. Good, good. Um, hello, drug dealer. <laughs> I need, what did you say? One more. No, no more. One more. No more. Give me one more meth, please. So then I take the phone away from the horse. Oh, no. Um, and this is, this is Ian. Um, I've, you are no longer allowed to give this horse any meth unless I sign off on it. Oh, I guess I'm cured of my addiction now. Good. <laughs> Well, that went pretty good. Oh, look at me. That went pretty good. As you can see, the horse over there, <laughs> he's now, he's completely free of meth. He's doing a crossword puzzle. Aw. He's uh, going to church. Oh. He's, uh, yeah. Well, no, good I need job. To go, I need to go back in and get him off church now. Another yeah. joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we sir, you saved the horse? We did. You saved the horse. I saved I the horse. I was just at master control yeah uh, flicking the dials running the ones and twos the wizard i was, the, I was the, uh yeah i was kurt connor were you the woman <laughs> i was both so vince vaughn goes to j-lo and convinces her that she should go inside carl's mind yes. and find out where the woman is as j-lo is being sent in we find out that there is conveniently another empty slab oh my so God. that another person can go on mind safari it's so obvious what's gonna happen yeah it's so obvious <laughs> okay obviously vince vaughn is going to go into course, the mind yeah. at one point why do they have a vince vaughn size suit Yes. It would be funny if you had to like cram into Edward's suit. It was just like it was almost like the Borat like monokini thing. It would give him the Jennifer Lopez ass. Yeah. <laughs> As part of going into Mind Safari, the participants are sub- suspended above the slabs. Yes, which is juxtaposed obviously with, with Carl. Carl. Yeah. Um. Uh. J-Lo descends into Carl's mind in a really cool sequence yes. that involves uh, wires and doll heads. Like, it's really neat. It reminds me a lot of The Fall when, uh, oh, when the like girl the, falls. Oh, like the K Brothers sort of uh, Oh, yeah, did he inspired? not direct that and stuff? Or inspired. Okay. It was inspired by the K Brothers. Yeah, and I think later on, when we get into the mind, it's also inspired a lot with them yeah. and stuff. But but yeah, when um, when the girl falls and everything, um, that reminded me a lot of this same montage. Yes. And everything. They're it's both amazing similar. sequences. Um, we see a young man being baptized in a river. Uh, J-Lo wakes up in some weird underground man-made wet place. Yes. Um, and this is probably my favorite that you said about subtlety camera stuff is the entire camera turns and you hear like a ceiling, like, or it's like sealing like a vault. Yeah. So like she's sealed inside his mind and everything. I mm-hmm. think that's just so cool. It's great. All the mind stuff is great. Yep. I actually wrote As my notes here. Before. Okay. Now this is starting to get good. Yep. This takes 45 minutes to get into. This is the best part of the movie for me. There's some good stuff in before. I mean, yeah, Vincent the opening is great. is great and everything. But, uh, but yeah, this is really when we start getting into yeah. some good this stuff. This is where when I was watching it for the first time, not the first, first time, but the mm-hmm. first time recently. Yeah. And I would just get, keep going like, this, that, tar some shit. Yeah. This is why I'm here. Yes. Um, so she sees a young boy run up a staircase, a stone staircase opposite her. Mm-hmm. It's just this amazing visual of this oh, so weird sewer place. 
Um, I do wonder if this was built or if they just shot because he shoots a lot of stuff that's already built. But it looks like this might have been like a set or something. I, I'm assuming set. I'm yeah. assuming maybe a matte painting or digital or something maybe, like that. Yeah. Um, and she screams "Hey" to the child, hey. which I wrote is the first time that she ever used her voice in this film. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she should be singing at these children. Like, oh, absolutely. She'd be using her golden voice. Lullabies. Um, J-Lo enters a room where the boy, Carl Jr., uh, played will, by Jake Thomas, who was the younger brother on Lizzie Liz McGuire, which is so interesting. And this was shot the same time. Can you imagine leaving Lizzie McGuire and be like, yeah, I need to go play this serial killer on the cell. <laughs> and just like talking to Hillary Duff and being like, yeah, so I met Vincent D'Onofrio. <laughs> He's, He's so a J.O. maniac who kills ladies. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because they never meet, but they do meet in the very last scene of the movie. So he must have seen Vincent D'Onofrio at all that get Probably, yeah. Jesus Christ. I don't... And he was uh, like 10, probably. Something like that. Carson and, really likes filming very scary things with children. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, that's when we're most scared, is when we're children. That's true. I mean, that's really his shtick. I don't know about his other movies, but both yeah. of these movies have been a lot with children and growing up. Seems like Tarsum might have some uh, child trauma he's trying to get out in these movies. Wouldn't surprise me. Especially Wouldn't mom trauma me. in this and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the boy, Carl Jr., as I will constantly refer to him as. Yes, that's great. Is petting a horse. And suddenly, the old clock on the wall. Yeah. Uh, it says it's horse chopping time. Oh my god! This is one of the best. Sh- this is the most famous shot, I think. This is, and this might have been in the trailer as well. Probably um, yeah. because this is uh, so distinctive. Um, the horse gets separated in sections by glass. And this reminded me a lot of Damien Hurst. Which is what it is drawn from. Yes, and I didn't know that before watching the movie. I was like, I know this like glass horse thing. And then I looked up, and yes, this was completely. But this is another scene. I have no idea how they... Okay, the horse doesn't look very li- realistic, sure. But it's so cool. It's so cool. It's so gnarly. And like the horse's innards are still like working. We can see them like, pulsing yeah. in between the frames. This, uh, spoiler alert, is also... A visual used in the second season of Hannibal. Oh yes. Yeah. Um, but this it's so goddamn cool. I'd even connect that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I wonder if that was homage to this and everything. I think it was probably more homage to Damien Hurst. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that's true. But I don't know. Uh, maybe Lee Pace, when Brian Fuller was working with him on Pushing Daisies, was like, hey, check out my movie, The Fall. Maybe. I'm yeah. not sure how that timeline works out. But I mean, also, mods. I mean, it's a kind of a serial killer drama, and this is yeah. a serial, famous serial killer movie. Uh, yeah, I completely forgot to say this in the beginning, but this also really surprised me about this movie is this is really... Like we talk about popular, but there's also really popular with our friends and everything. Because I remember when you posted this, a lot of people we knew yeah. knew this movie and was like, oh, I can't believe you're talking about this. And now I knew of The Fall way before this yeah. and everything, which is really interesting to me. Um, yeah, no, this was a uh, uh, shout out to Donnie Mapes. Yes. Who might be listening. He was excited for that. this. Kishan, if you're listening, I know he said he was excited. Uh, Kishan, we should have you on someday. Yeah. Um, he's great. I think Tara knew this one. Yes, she did. So the fact that it's sort of lifted from Damien Hurst yeah. sort of ruins it for me a little bit because, sure. like, I just want it to be pure Tarsom or pure yeah. Prosetovich or whatever. Well, but I like, think the whole thing with glass splitting, that's more him. I think Tar- Tar- Damien Hurst was more looking be- at a horse behind glass. Yeah. I'm not sure he, if he ever did the split. He did. Did I he saw, do the split? Yes. Okay. I, I, was, I was looking at a, a website uh, that had an article about the artistic influences of okay 
and between that and all the Twin Peaks references, yeah. like this began to feel like it wasn't as much a work of Tarsum's as mm-hmm. it's like art house Quentin Tarantino. True. Yeah. I'll take this over Tarantino any day. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> um, J-Lo enters another room. She begins pulling lever levers. Mm-hmm. This reveals, and this is probably my favorite scene, uh, Carl's oh. doll gallery filled with... I thought this would be your favorite, yeah. It's very hard to describe, and it's a lot. It's up there with one of my favorites. Uh, it's women. It's all of Carl's victims, yep. and they've been made to look like dolls. Oh one God. of them has big, fake anime eyes. Yeah. One of them has like very like dried out, patchy, like one a has only one com- arm, I think. Yes. Um, and they're in various forms of enslavement and torture. Yeah. One is like strapped to a bicycle one of them seems to be in a dentist chair mm-hmm. and has like stuff in her mouth one of them they all have collars very sexual very sexual it's disturbing it's unsettling and again i don't know how this was a mainstream movie i remember reading something again with tarsum in the commentary tracks and everything where he's like this is one of his favorite sets that he built so it was a set and everything yeah. um and this is like one of his favorite things in it and everything and again we kind of talk about before who were the people who did the stop motion thing you're talking about with the, the k brothers the k brothers a lot of this I think was lifted from that because there's a lot of that where you see I think there's one where the doll's like on a bicycle and yes. she's going crowd and then she moves her head like this and everything yeah it's oh and here JLo's just not reacting no just just like this is just like maybe Eddie dreams about this stuff too maybe this is in Eddie's head surely too. hope not like, this was um, again another part where I was like I get what Jennifer Lopez is going through. I don't think this is how someone should be reacting to seeing no, this. No, no. Like, like no matter it. how seasoned you are in, like, child trauma, like, mm-hmm. seeing it and hearing it are two different things. Yeah. Um, it's, I mean, it reminds me a lot of, like, when Vince Vaughn um, is, sees the stuff in the basement. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is this? And, like, freaks out. That's how you should be when you see this kind of yeah. stuff. Uh, and then I think, again, you could have played really interesting with this in her backstory maybe something is there maybe there was something there that why she's so ambivalent about this and everything but the movie sure doesn't give you that so. yeah um and it's also a thing of like you can also hand wave that by being like oh yeah because she's going to see such insane things mm-hmm. we need to like either sedate her or give her some sort of mind shield yeah to like keep her from going fucking insane right and the other thing is um so this is what my question is. Does he actually do this? Maybe when he was a kid or something. Does he actually do this? Is this what he's dreaming of? Or has he actually done this before with like... Because we hear he makes dolls. Yeah, I think this is like... Dream stuff. His ideal of yeah. the dolls he makes. Like this is what he pictures in his mind. Okay. Like this is his fantasy. Yeah. Oh, what a sick fuck. Yeah. Um, which I wish... We got more of Carl because he's yeah. a great fucked up villain. Very much. Establishing him more, he could have been almost like Hannibal Lecter levels of just like. I mean, I'd say up. more. And yeah. Everything. I'm not maybe not the show, but like for Science of the Lambs and everything. I think yeah. it's more than that. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, that is the that's the thing. There's so many plots, especially with the science fiction going in through people's mind and everything. But like, I also think we get way too much of Carl as a child. Yeah. And not as much as, like, you see him as a teen, like, twice and everything. But, like, he obviously was not making these dolls as a child. Well, he was. Well, we were going some, to see that. But not, like, this much. Like, I think you could have you could have seen more of, like... He wasn't killing women and making that's them That's what I dolls. mean. He was okay. making dolls, but not making them out of women. Well, out of real human people. Yes, yeah, yeah. Sorry, gotcha. I should have been more. 
Yeah. J-Lo also sets loose a big titty bodybuilder woman. Yeah. My favorite character. Of course it is. <laughs> also, um, no one has any nipples. We, no. we don't see nipples because I think that would have gotten them like a, yeah. probably an NC-17. Well, the other thing about the the bodybuilder, I read this and everything is, I guess, I mean, is what I read, but bodybuilders don't have huge breasts and everything. So yeah, they had they to give her prosthetics and yeah. everything. Because so. breasts are fat and yeah. Muscle Lady knocks out J-Lo and takes her to meet Mind Carl. Yes. Mind Carl sits atop a throne. The, a curtain flanks the walls attached to rings in his back. And as he rises, the curtains move, pull from the yeah. walls, and trail him like a robe. Like this is cape. one of those famous scenes. Yeah, and it, like we talked about earlier. And, and it's rightfully so. I mean, it's amazing. It's, and this is, you were talking about how you wanted to more Carl and everything. Carl is a serial killer in the beginning. Is yeah. Just remind me of Criminal Minds. I've seen this character a million times. Carl's a child, seen this a million times. This King Carl, Dream Carl thing, yeah. that's what I wanted to see more of. Oh, yeah. One, because it was the coolest stylistic thing. Here's the costumes. Amazing and everything. I mean, this is the cool, this is my favorite part of the movie. Not this yeah. scene, but this whole idea of King Carl mm-hmm. and the look of him. It, it's so cool. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's amazing. Oh, I also wrote down another one who I think could have played Catherine Dean. I'll have this. Pam Greer. <laughs> Imagine Pam Greer. That would have been great. Right? That would have been great. And she uh, was, uh, I mean, she's always sexy, but even in the 90s, like Jackie Brown, Jackie she was Brown, sexy. yeah. I'm like, um, that's one of the ones I thought of. I was like, I don't I know if it would have sold as much. I, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I love Pam Greer. I love her. She's great. Um, uh, as he rises, uh, he asks in a demonic voice, Where do you come from? And J-Lo presses her exit button. Yeah. Um, now things get stupid again. Yeah, the, I wrote here, I love the parts where they're inside minds, but this drama stuff is kind of boring. And also the sci-fi shit is just dumb as fuck. It's just not realized, you know, and stuff. But, like, we find out that if J-Lo comes to believe that Carl Land is the real world, then anything done to her in there... Yeah. Would be done to her actual body. So if she got an amazing facial, or she had a tumor removed, or she became the Pope, that would happen to IRL J-Lo. Yeah, or she became one of his dolls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> More likely to happen yeah. than... Well, here, we're going to talk about this later. This is one of my biggest problems with the movie. Everything we see of... of um, Oh my god, I forgot his name, Carl. And everything is, there is no reason why, maybe not Dream Carl and everything, but especially when we get to Little Carl and we get to Teen Carl, yeah. there is no reason why Carl would not kill this woman right away. Very true. He he would not be understanding. He wouldn't want to talk about his trauma. You hear about the bird later and stuff. So yeah. There's everything we learned about Carl, he would have murdered this woman right away. Yes. Like, I mean, we see what happens with Vin. Yeah, I'll get it later, but yeah. Yeah, it doesn't it pisses me off. make <laughs> sense. But what also doesn't make sense is like, I don't know if I went into Carl Land, none of that would be real to me. No, yeah, that's I, true. There would be no chance I'd be like, oh, yeah, this looks like everyday life. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and then Scientist Man says more dumb things. He says, it's like that old wives' tale. If you die in your dream, you yeah. die in real life. Yeah. Is that an old wives' tale? Is that a thing that people say? I don't think it's a wives' tale. It's a sci fi trope, but I don't yeah, know about it being it's not old. Like, yeah. How would that like? How would that even come about? Do people like when they die in their dreams, they sit bolt upright and say, "I died in my dream," and then they just pass away? Well, it's like the writer wrote this on like a napkin at an Applebee's yeah. and just never changed it after having a bunch of dollar margaritas. Oh yeah. Like, and then in another terrible script bit, 
J-Lo is like coming out of her mm-hmm. wooziness from being in Carl Land, and Vince Vaughn wants to go like talk to her, like, get back <laughs> in there. In. And Scientist Man is like, look at her. She's drowsy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know how many police investigations have been interrupted because someone was drowsy. Like right? it happens all the time. Oh my god. Um, yeah, also, like, and we'll talk about it later and stuff, especially with the ending of the movie, is I'm completely on Vince Vaughn's side in this movie. Like, yeah. there is no reason. Like, yeah, this woman's going to die. Like, yeah. we can't have time to, like, sit around and have drama time and everything because, this, like, yeah, and everything. Yeah, no, he's he's correct. Especially when he does find out what it is and she's like, no, we have to help. What? what? Well, we'll talk no, about it later. Yeah, but we'll yeah. get to it. Ah! Um, meanwhile, the victim lady gets a little more wet. And by that, I mean her drowning cell fills up with more yes. water. J-Lo is at Eddie's side in real life. I guess they just keep Eddie at the fucking compound where the <laughs> technology is. Well, he's like, in a coma, too, we learn. I don't know if we is, know from the beginning. Yeah, we, we've known it for a while, we, okay. but he's in a coma. I just thought he was more just trying to help. But, yeah. but like, his family seems rich. Like, you'd think they'd have him, like, well, you'd think. at home. Well, their family does not care. Maybe the mom, but. They seem to care, but oh, I don't know. Again, it's it's a bad script. It is. It's also just creepy that J Lo's like, "Hey, little boy. Yeah. Let me just let me just rest my head. Let me just rest my head at your side. Like, I get the connection that they must have. Like, but it's still. Oh, it strikes weird. me as weird. Oh, it's so weird. And then Vince Vaughn joins. They talk, and we learn that J Lo feels the feelings and emotions of the owner of the mind, mm-hmm. which should be more in yeah, her performance would... and have more of an impact on her, especially after coming out of Carl's mind. This is really, this line was the one that really pissed me off because like you said, you can play it completely, you know, like that you're trying not to let anything affect you, but you can't say that this stuff affects you and then just not affect yeah. you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't do that. Um, and we learned that, and because of that, Carl Land was a grade-A suck fest, and she doesn't want to go back, yeah. but she's obviously going to go back with a little help from Vinnie Vaughn, who is out to arrest the mentally ill. Yes. Uh, so we talk, are we talking about the Charles Gish story? Yes. That is, I mean, the drama part is stupid, and I thought it was going to, the one thing I'll give for the script is it didn't turn into a romance. Yeah. So afraid of that the whole movie that I was going to try to make Vince Vaughn. And I think it still did kind of in the end, but not really. It, but like, they implied that there could have been something. But wh- I, uh, I didn't want it. But the Charles Gist story is fucked. It is. It is. And it's this is actually something I appreciate in the movie because it's actually complex. Yes. It's actually a complex thing. So um, Vincent Vaughn is at least out to... Get the horribly, violently, mentally ill. Yes. And he's angry because there's a, a murderer named Charles, Charles Gish who killed someone, but he didn't go to jail because he was yes. deemed insane at the time of the crime, which is how it works. Like, mm-hmm. you can't just go into a courtroom and be like, I'm a crazy dude. No. Like, you have to be proven to have been insane did at he the time. Ki- did he kill someone? I thought it was just like a pedophilic thing. No, he cut a woman in half. Well, that's after. Remember, he gets out free and then he does it. It's a child. Oh, was it? It's not a woman. It's a child. That's the whole thing. I thought maybe I can remember it wrong, but I, I, I remember it. Chopped a woman in half first. No, well, no, because that's what happens. 
uh, maybe I don't know. I remembered it being that he goes in trial. He that because Vince Vaughn was a DA before yeah. he was a cop. He fights to try to imprison the guy. He gets out free. Then the day after, the day of, he goes to a child's home. I thought it was the child that there was pedophilic like things about and everything. And he goes to the child's home, cuts the child in half. And the whole thing that Vince Vaughn says is the parents came home to see him on their couch watching TV, and next to him was their daughter cut yeah. directly down the middle. That really got me because that was fucked. Like, well, something like that. Something like that. The big problem is that's not how insanity verdicts go. You don't get to just go home. Uh, no, you get locked away, get just in, in a different kind of prison. It, it definitely feels like there was they were trying to do something with this movie about like trying to talk about mental illness yeah. and the care of it. They really fucked on that. <laughs> they did with because of that that law thing. Yeah, but um. And then we learned that Charles Gish talked about how he claimed he had a lifetime of sexual abuse and that made him a killer. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn says that's bullshit because anybody can endure anything and mm-hmm. still not kill people, which is very true. True. Sexual abuse, trauma like that is a huge ingredient in uh, especially like serial killers Absolutely. and disturbed people. It is all about how you handle it. Yes. Grand, some people don't have the resources other people have. But just because you are sexually abused, just because you've had trauma, does not mean that you are going to do these things. No. It's not an excuse to do these things. And speaking candidly, because I've talked about it on the podcast before, I've talked about it being a child of abuse and stuff and everything. It's like, I'm not going around zero going, I didn't have what happened to him probably and everything. A lot of it's foggy because, you know, you block a lot of it out and everything. Mm. But like, and it is true there. I mean, I've talked to people, not about myself, but they talked about, I've talked to people where they say, you really should be a lot worse, like mental health than I am and everything. But I was able to spring back, which is really lucky and everything. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it does kind of annoy me sometimes where it's movies are just like, oh, if you had trauma in your life, you're going to turn into this and everything. Because no, that's not true no, it's not uh so it's product of a bad home but sure yeah so i i both dislike and appreciate yes. this scene because it's vince vaughn has a point i think they tried i think nice. they really did try but it also just seems like that vince vaughn hates the mentally ill well um, that's the other thing that kind of it set up with that line that you said and i believe after he says that just because blah blah blah, blah jennifer lopez says do you really believe that and yeah. he says i know that Yes, so it's That's, implied that Vincent Vaughn has experienced worse CSA. Yes, and than it's like you could have played Gish. so much more into that yeah. with the Carl stuff, with this and everything. Like that, that I like I wrote my notes here. Vince Vaughn definitely went through some shit, and this is going. I was like, oh, I'm yeah. so far ahead of this movie, and then it never comes up, and mm-hmm. it really, like you said, just makes Vince Vaughn seem like the character's kind of an asshole, and mentally unwell, yes. and everything. Yes. Um, which there are probably a lot of, I mean, I've, there are a lot of FBI agents, I'm sure, especially in behavioral stuff that do think those people are just scum and everything and that deserve to rot in hell. And that's where that reviewer came from is, I don't want to see them curdled and cuddled like a child and everything. Coddled. Coddled. Yeah, not curdled. Curdled is what happens to milk. (laughs) Well, we saw milk bath earlier. Yep. But yeah, anyway, I think we talked enough about that. We also learned there's, as we've seen, two Carls and Carl and big evil Carl and Carl Jr. who could possibly be reached. 
there's a way to get little Carl. Yep. Carl Jr., sorry. I will say I have to bring this up because it's one of my friends from college's favorite thing. So after they have their whole conversation, the other FBI agent comes and says, Where the hell have you been? Yeah. My best one of my best friends at college, Danielle, is a huge Twilight fan. And there's a very famous line called Bella, Where the Hell Have You Been, Loca? Yeah. And that's all I could think of. So I sent that to them and everything. So I said that I'd mention that yeah. on the podcast okay. and everything. But <laughs> but yeah, it's very close from Where the Hell Have You Been. Yeah. So all right. Uh, J Lo obviously decides to go back in. Um, she asks about pets that bring Carl's dog in to lick Carl's hand as he's comatose. Yeah, it's weird. Um, as they're about, and this is an unnecessary scene. We could have tightened up the movie. We could have. Oh yeah. Um, chopped some of the running time off. As they're about to send J Lo in, the power goes out. And she doesn't go in. She assumes that just for some fucking reason, Scientist Man is goofing at her. Yeah. Like, um, like when you're about to send someone into the mind of a serial killer, you know how you do. Like, yeah. you just like, this is a good... T- Watch, I'm going to get her so good. Oh, the power's out. Got to go get the power back on. That's my favorite part of the new Jackass movie is when they're about to send uh, Danger Aaron into Bam Margera's mind. Never seen Jackass, so oh, I don't fine. understand these references, um, but... <laughs> Um, yeah, this scene makes no fucking sense. <laughs> uh, scientist man sends J-Lo to check some whatevers, and she ends up seeing her own body. What? She's in the dream. But there's a huge plot hole for me right here, where Dylan Baker, as a scientist, says, what did she say? Yeah. So now that implies that everything she says in these dreams, they can hear. So what, there, she's saying later in this movie, if they're hearing that, and they hear Vince Vaughn, whatever happens to him later, and everything's like the fuck are they not doing anything now and yeah. everything if you can hear her say that and everything yeah i don't know so I, that was a huge pothole for me but uh, j-lo crouches down and she's transported into a glass cell mm-hmm. she opens the top and is flung into an hr giger concept art yes tunnel. hr giger known for alien, alien and other stuff and, yeah. yeah but also an artist yeah good one loves his penises loves his val- valises that's very true uh she meets carl's dog valentine and asked him to take her to Carl. J-Lo is transported and costume changed to a house where Carl Jr. washes some dishes. J-Lo gives him the same locket that she had given to Edo mm-hmm. that reflects light so she can find him. Yep. The plate drops and smashes. Carl Jr. pushes J-Lo into a closet. And mm-hmm. here we get our Blue Velvet reference. Yeah, I was just going to say Blue Velvet. terrible things through the yeah. slats of a closet. This was where I said the trigger warning. They don't hide this. This is very realistic. There, yeah. This isn't like a movie thing. This really can hit really hard. Yep. That's why I said I'm probably not going to talk a lot about this and everything. That's just fine. I did skip through some of it. Uh, some made me cry and stuff just because of, you know. And, that. and, I, and there are good things about that because the movie at least was trying to make something emotional. Yeah. I do think a little bit it came out exploitive, but sure. Carl Daddy abuses Carl Jr. Yep. Also, J-Lo has an eel foot bath. Um, yeah. Which I guess is like, oh, I can't move or these eels are going to bite my toesies. Yeah, it's weird. Later, Carl Daddy screams at a dazed woman saying she's not Carl's mother. Yeah. This is pretty upsetting. The, Carl's yeah, mother funny. left them. And Carl Daddy spreads the woman's oh. legs and repeatedly says to Carl, see that? Mm-hmm. See that? It's evil. It's, yeah, it's awful and everything. Later, Sorry. Carl Daddy finds evidence of Carl's burgeoning psychopathy mm-hmm. and interprets it as queerness. He's, like, making dolls and stuff. Yes. And he beats Carl for it. 
And now we're back to Big Carl. J-Lo sees her. I thought this was a very effective scene. The bath sees, scene? Yes. yes. Um, he is disemboweling a woman in the mm-hmm. bath. He talks about how this was his first time and he made such a mess. Like, yeah. talking about so casually, so banally. Vincent D'Onofrio just nailing this. This. Yeah. Because this, he's sort of doing the calm nothingness that J-Lo is doing. But he's selling it as sinister and like devoid of rational emotion. This scene's, I mean, this scene's incredible. Um, and the other big problem with this is Vincent Offrey was amazing in this, and Jennifer Lopez is just not giving him, yeah. it's not a equal, you know, <laughs> share. The other big problem with this is they're in the Losing My Religion set from... Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, did, I did read that uh, Tarsum did that video, and it's, he went back to that set. It's I watched the video again. It's the exact set. And yeah. I'm like... It, and I did recognize it, and I was like, this is such a dramatic scene, but all I can think is Michael Stipe saying, Losing My Religion! <laughs> that's me in the bathtub. <laughs> losing my... No, cleaning those body <laughs> parts. Um... Uh. Carl asks J-Lo why she's here, which is what I always ask her when she shows up at my house. Oh, of I'm course. Like, why are you here, Jennifer Lopez? I don't I don't have any food for you. <laughs> I'm all out of J-Lo chow. This is an, I mean, again, the scene's great. The writing's actually quite good on this. Vincent is amazing. But again, why would he not just attack her? He doesn't mm. seem like he's the person who would talk to any woman, especially not one who's trying to psychoanalyze him, you know? Yeah. I get it. I don't think there's an answer for it. I just think... I I think if there were an answer for it, it's because he's, like, in the coma, and he's not, like... Yeah. He's not, like, fully brained, I guess. So he's just sort of, like... And we do see it after with Horn Man. Yeah. Oh, I love Horn Man. Horn Man. Horny Man. Ooh. Horny Horn Man. That was his AOL (laughs) messenger name. That was Vincent D'Onofrio's. Yeah. (laughs) That was Vincent D'Onofrio's author of books for his children's books. (laughs) Horny Man 69666. (laughs) Oh, God. We're going to go to hell. Yeah. Carl gets all demon voice again. Yep. And J-Lo asks when he first heard this voice, and it was at his very traumatic baptism. Yep. That resulted in him having a seizure underwater, and then he was beaten by his dad at home. Religious very trauma Christian. as well. Yeah. Yep. J-Lo tries to find the whereabouts of victim lady, Julia Hickson, mm-hmm. but Carl's being a real bitch about it. He's yes. being a real bitch pants about it. Oh, yeah. Meanwhile, no names. Meanwhile, demon Carl... Knocks her out, and Demon Carl is like shirtless. I yeah. think he has the rings in his back. My, but my favorite thing is he has horns, as you mentioned. Yes, that are made out of hair. They're not made out of like yeah. horn crap. Now is this this? No, I don't know. I never read that this is the same one as King Carl from before and Carl we see later. I think they're all different. I yeah, alters. I think they're. I think they are uh, because they're all going to be dressed differently. They're all yep. going to look differently. Um, now, is this also the Boogeyman? Is this Mokilok? Is this Carl's Mokilok? Because that's what I read it as, but I don't know if that's what I'm supposed to read it as. And that's why I'm like, why is the Edwards stuff in the beginning? Because they have the same infraction. Yeah. Um, so there has to be some connection, but, like, I guess they're positing there's some evil entity that causes this viral schizophrenia that happens in utero and is triggered yeah. by water. But then is it, are they saying that Edward's also making dolls and dreaming about killing girls? I don't... 
Because then I also I think the father should have been a lot more like Carl's father when we see him. Like the father seems like an asshole, but he doesn't seem like someone who beats his son yeah, and, and makes him look at women's private parts and stuff like Yeah, I don't think we're supposed to think that about Edward. Um Which is weird that it's the whole yeah. You know, yeah, I don't know. I don't I, know. I think either. it's just like I said, I love King script. Carl. I think it's such a cool character and everything. Yeah. But it doesn't make a lot of plot sense. Uh Demon Carl puts a collar on J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Back in real world Los Angeles, the stats are going haywire. J-Lo is lost somewhere. Who are you going to call? Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. Oh, Vegas, baby, Vegas. You know, he would actually, this is completely off topic, do you know he would actually make a pretty good Peter Venkman? Oh, for, yeah. You don't think so? I Sure. I think he'd be cool. Sure. I don't, <laughs> I don't think know why I would be that. happy about it aside from you. but Probably not, but... I'll make my own. I'll do get Vince Vaughn yeah. to do it. Buy the robe. He can play all four. We'll get Vincent D'Onofrio to play. No, you need. Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. You need Vince Vaughn. Yep. And John Favreau, and they split the roles. <laughs> and it's just they're just doing swingers again. So who's playing the black man? They're doing. Uh, <laughs> they they do rock paper scissors for it. Oh God. Winner gets to put on the black face. Oh no! Well, no, we get Billy Crystal to do that. Yeah, it's it's Vince Vaughn. <laughs> John Favreau, <laughs> Billy Crystal, Crystal, and Vincent D'Onofrio. And Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, uh, obviously, Vincent D'Onofrio is the Egon. Of course. Of the group. Yeah, of course. Um, John uh, Favreau is the Dan Aykroyd. Yes. And Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I mean, we should make this. We should. We should crowdsource the funding. 1,000 miles of rights. <laughs> the rights to Ghostbusters, a little little under uh, underperforming <laughs> film property. Definitely they're not making eight of them a year yes. nowadays. Or... <laughs> All right. Um, so then Peter goes into Carl's mind. Uh, yep. Who are you going to call? Vince Vaughn. Send him in. Coach, he's ready to mind fuckle. Yep. Um, victim lady keeps, her cell keeps filling up and up. Yep. Um, doctor lady says Vince Vaughn is completely unprepared, but Vince Vaughn is a man. Yeah. And he's ready to mind fuckle. All right, Ian, we're going to send you back into another mind. Oh, God. See what, see what problems you can fix. All right, now I hear, I have, uh. Singer-songwriter Tom Waits is strapped oh, to the chair. And, Tom Waits. And he has this rag doll that he just won't let go, and it's covered in lice, and it's it seems to be cursed in some way, but he just won't let it go. He just keeps cuddling it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you in, and let's see if you can talk to old Tommy. And so to, you have to get rid of the rag doll. To letting go of the rag doll, yeah. Okay. Right. Well, hey there, partner. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh... Did you come to have a drink and a, a little smoke with your old pal, Tommy the Cat? Uh, oh, my God. You're Tom Waits. I am Tom Waits, and this is uh, Shaka Khan. Shaka Khan? Is that your ragdoll? Yeah. Where'd you get him? Uh, I got him from Shaka Khan. From Shaka Khan? We almost did a tour together. Uh, that would have been shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, why is this so important to you? Because I put part of my soul in there. Uh, oh, I have my soul, so if I die, yeah, the doll will come alive. And uh, but Tom Waits, you'll never die. Oh, I will, I will. I no, have. you're like a cockroach. You can't die. Well, I have a special disease. But you've looked dead for forty years. I know. <laughs> That's the disease. It's vampirism. Do you, do, you, do you know they use their your song on Shrek too? I did. I like my town with yeah. a little yeah. drop of poison. I'll tell you what, why don't you come on up to the house, and we can watch Shrek 2, and you can leave Shaka Khan here. I don't watch movies. I live them. Well, why don't we reenact Shrek 2? Okay, who, who, who am I? 
You're uh, Tom Waits. Okay. As Shrek. As Shrek. Because, of course. Get out of my swamp. But you're also uh, going to be playing Fiona. Okay. And the fairy godmother. Give me that ogre dick. <laughs> and the fairy godmother. Here's, uh... I haven't seen Shrek 2. Have you? <laughs> no. Tom! Yeah, I know. I, well, why don't we go... I don't watch movies. Why don't we go watch it and you can leave your doll here? Well, I don't think I can put the doll down just yet. Well, why don't you let me see it? I can't because I have nailed it to my hand. Oh, like Jesus. Like Jesus with his doll. With his stretch arm strong. With his stretch arm strong that they... Eventually they, they prized it from his hand and stretched out the arms and nailed that to a cross too. Yeah? Yeah. Wow, so sad. Stretch Armstrong was Dismas. A lot of people don't know that. <laughs> well, who else is in this? Are we in a bar? We're in uh, the the back of an old gas station. Oh, okay. Who else is here? Uh, the proprietor, the guy who runs it, mm. uh, Stubby K. Stubby K. Yes, famous I'm... character actor Stubby K. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Well, why not we take the nail out of your hand? Then take the nail out. Ah! Ah! Shut up! Ah! <laughs> um, I should have mentioned that I'm a hemophiliac, and now I'm bleeding uncontrollably. Ah, cool, cool, it's cool. It's just like a fountain of blood. It's almost like I'm a superhero, and I'm just blasting nice. people with my... Okay, so we're going to take a napkin and wrap it around your hand. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's going to do a lot, yeah. I know. <laughs> so then that's good. And then why don't you give the doll to Stubby K? And Stubby um, K can watch it for you. Sure, I guess okay. that'll be okay. Good, and then we're going to go kill Shrek. Is that what Yeah, okay? why not? All right. Well, we're going to go kill the writers of Shrek 3 because it's so bad. All right. Who did that? I don't uh, know. Can uh, we go kill Jeffrey Katzenberg anyway? Sure. All right. As long as we're killing somebody. And then are you going to finally go on tour so people can fucking see you? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Wow, you're two for two. Two for two. You uh, you really talked Tommy down. Yeah. And now he's just over there. He's just in my house. Yeah. Stealing. He's going to join stealing us. Stealing copper wire. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom, what do you think of uh, the movie Cell? Oh, I love it. Even though I don't watch movies. Yeah. I, just, I love movies that are uh, four letters long. What if you played Carl in this? Oh, that would have been great. I would have been, uh, hey, J-Lo, let's do a duets album. Let's do a duets album. Can you? It's like the Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett thing. <laughs> did you know Scarlett Johansson did an album of Tom Waits covers? What? Yes. Oh, that actually might be good. I, well, probably not, but uh, husky I, voice. She does have a nice husky voice. I know um, she was a singer. Was she? Yeah, she's a singer, and so I no. mean, she does some stuff. But um, but yeah, I also forgot to mention in the beginning that one reason why I never watched The Cell and everything uh, was because I heard of it is because there is a really bad I've heard, but I haven't seen it yet, 2016 film called Cell with John. Yes. It's one of those direct-to-video John Cusick, Samuel L. Jackson things. Yeah. And I've always thought this was the same movie. Oh. <laughs> so when you said you want to watch, I was like, why do you want to watch that shitty yeah, direct-to-video? I, I remember you messaging me and be like. If you're serious about doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, um. All right. So I'm two for two. You are two for two. Good job. Thank you. So, yeah, when Peter goes into Carl's mind, we see these three women. Well, first off, we go through a CGI. His sequence to get into yes. Carl's mind is not the same as J-Lo's sequence. No. It's all CGI. They're trying to make it look like the 2001 Stargate, I think. I think so. And it doesn't really work. We see all... the baptism again, don't we? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think it's all just CGI blobs, like a screensaver. It's okay, but it's not... It wasn't memorable. No. Uh, Vincent Vaughn lands in a puddle of water in yep. some field where 
another one of my favorite visuals that is stolen from a painting. Mm -hmm. There are three identical women. It's really cool. They silently scream towards the sky. They have like these black sort of page boy cuts. Yeah, it's from Um, Dawn by Odd Nedrum. Yes. Uh, Incredible image. It is. And again, it just makes it makes me like it less because uh, it wasn't wholesale sure. conjured by Tarsum. I do like what they did with it to have those three women be his mom yeah, or his and alters it, of his mother. It's sort of um, the the three weird the sisters. The yeah. Weird, yeah. Although they aren't different ages, but they're all like, they have different yes. personalities. Um, the three fates, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Where one of them is... Like, where's my baby boy? And then the mm-hmm. other's like, just because he came out of me doesn't mean he's mine. And then yes. the third one says something even more reprehensible. So then um, it almost makes you want to, because, well, then one of them says his his father took him away from me. Yes. And it's almost like, you could read it, I guess, that his dad is an asshole and mm-hmm. maybe just said that, that, and instead he thought that. But I think it's more Carl's trying to tell himself that because he doesn't want to come to terms that his mother would leave him yeah. so that his father just took him away from her and everything. Yeah, I agree. I think you're right. Vincent Vaughn wakes up. He's hitting the face with some reflected light. Mm-hmm. We see the light reflections playing on the walls and it leads Vince Vaughn to young Carl and young Carl leads him to the insanely costumed concubine J-Lo. Yeah. This um, is definitely one of those images that I remember. Not yes. even seeing the movie, just on Instagram. It's just, it's a notable image. Because it's that Aiko Ishoda fucking amazing costume. Oh, she has this veil where the top rim has the same mark that Demon Carl has across mm-hmm. his brow. So it look like a black widow with the yes. black and red. Yeah. Uh, she has like this sort of neck brace thing that comes down to her mm-hmm. shoulders. Uh, skin tight like black pleather. She tries to seduce Vincent Vaughn. But thankfully, a friendly vulture roars yes. and distracts him. Thanks, Vulchy, <laughs> my other favorite character. <laughs> and he was the star of the 70s Cell cartoon, where it's it's Vulchy, it's Valentine, <laughs> it's Seal Eddie and the Turtle. <laughs> and they're just, That's the Ghostbusters film. Yep, <laughs> and they're just going into people's minds and having antics. Um, I would watch that. Oh my God, I'd watch that in a Non-ironically. <laughs> Vincent Vaughn says, it isn't real. And things get a bit hinky. Carl shows up in an even more insane costume. Yes. That's like... This is my favorite costume of his. It's like has this big arched cape. And it's all like sort of off-white. He's it's wearing sort of golden. Like, yeah. yeah. And he's bald. He's I mean, that's bald, just yeah. Vincent. But uh, um, this is my favorite costume. We're almost to my favorite scene in the movie. I think you probably know. But but yeah, I mean, this costume is just so amazing. It's It's incredible. And it's, like, at the same time, like, because Vincent D'Onofrio has a very round face for a slender man, at this time he was more slender, and, Mm. like, Daredevil, which he's fantastic in. Need to see that, too. He plays Kingpin, right? He plays Kingpin, and he's amazing. And he was Um, big in um, Full Metal Jacket. But he yeah, also gained 70 pounds for that role. Yeah. He's just a huskily built man in general. Mm-hmm. It's this round face. It almost looks goofy yeah. because the cape is so big and so, like, arched. But it's also so surreal and terrifying. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and uh, uh, King Carl kidnaps Vincent Vaughn. Probably to have, like, he wants to do some swingers quotes. He wants to be like, hey, probably. you're so money. It's like, Vegas, baby, Vegas. Um, I do have an interesting detail that I learned from this. So we see also, like, everything that you said there. And then the shot, the camera pans up. There's, like, glass up above and everything. And everyone on set wanted Vincent D'Onofrio and Vince Vaughn to have a fight here. Not the actors, but their characters. Have, like, a big fight that's, like, this action thing. And then he ends up 
be like Vince D'Onofrio ends up beating Vince Vaughn and everything. Um, and they wanted him to like pick him up and throw him through the glass. And Tarzan was like, yeah, I don't want any of this. So then Vincent D'Onofrio literally said, I can just put a bag over his head. Yeah. He said, yep, do that and everything. <laughs> so I love that he came up with that. And yeah. Everything. It's just like, we probably want to get out of that fucking costume. Probably. He probably was on, in the set under hot lights and he was just like, oh, I want to get home to terrify my children. Yeah, and my wife and everything. <laughs> um, he probably wrote the children's book in this costume. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to some place where J-Lo watches blank-faced and sexy mm-hmm. and... Fucking Carl comes in. It's my favorite like some scene. Alice in Wonderland horror show. This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. And he cuts Vincent Vaughn's oh belly open. It's so gnarly. It's one of the gnarliest things. And apparently, this is a real torture. I was just gonna say it bring up what intestine crank is, which we actually well, talked about in my medieval Europe class and stuff. So let, let's let's set up what actually sure. happens. He snips a bit of mm-hmm. Vince Vaughn's intestine, pulls it up, yep. wraps it around a. a, a a rod, a like rod a spit roast that has some thorns on it. Yep. And he turns a crank mm-hmm. that pulls Vince Vaughn's intestines out. Yep. And as I just said, it's a real torture. It was a torture device, and it wasn't supposed to kill them. It was supposed to just hurt them enough, but no one ever survived it. Yeah, because no, of course not. And everything, but they didn't mean it to kill them. They meant it just to, you know, torture them and, yeah. and everything. But no one obviously survived because of blood loss and everything. But yeah, also, what I want to talk about this is, like I said, this is my favorite scene. This is also my favorite acting of, of Vincent Offrey in this. Yeah. Because he's not playing. It's not, it's not Carl. Starger. It's not scary that he's playing a child. This he's like, oh, he's very gleeful. He's, he's like, oh, little worm, and he like grabs the intestines out and everything, and he's like, oh, naughty boy, and it's, it's so. Oh, yeah, with this costume, it almost seems like I got a very Harlequin feel. I mm-hmm. got a very like jester feel. Like he's singing Mersey Dotes. Fool, yeah, he's singing. He's like, oh, Mersey Dotes and Dozy Dotes. It's my. It's like I can't even think of the Twin Peaks thing anymore. Yeah. I only think of him in this costume pulling out Vince Vaughn's intestines. And Vince Vaughn's also really good in this. Where yeah. He's like, you bastard, you motherfucker. No, that's my favorite gut. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so good. Meanwhile, Vincent Vaughn has been given a file on Jennifer Lopez, so he knows all her secrets. Yes. And uh, he starts telling her about herself in order to snap her out of her dream mania, which eventually works. Now, apparently, in the first draft, Vincent Vaughn was going to tell J-Lo about an abortion that she had, but test audiences thought that made Jennifer (laughs) Lopez less likable, which is... The grossest thing I've heard. It's awful. But also very 2000. It's very 2000, very awful. The other big problem with this is this just doesn't make sense. If you brought this up, I mean, they do have exposition where Kurt Connor, because I don't remember the actor, Dylan Baker, says, you've read her file, you know what to do or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sure. But this stu- this thing with her brother in a car crash, it doesn't make sense. But if if one if Jennifer Lopez had brought it up to Vincent Vince Vaughn before, yeah. that makes more sense that you planted it. It would look obvious, but it looks like it was at least planted. But also the abortion thing, we talked about how this doesn't make sense, gives her a backstory, why she wants to deal with children. Little spoiler alert, and I mean if you're this far in the episode, you've yeah. definitely seen the movie. But um uh little spoiler, but everything is when she has to kill um, uh, Carl's younger self, that is so much more powerful when you think that she had to kill her child as an abortion yes. and everything. It makes so much more sense, and I hate Republicans. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. Although, the thing is, why would... Like, I feel like the abortion wouldn't be in the file. Like, I yeah, feel that would be weird information to have. But also, but, why would her brother... I guess because she was in a coma. No, her brother was in a coma. Well, I think that'd be... 
that would be widely accessible background information about sure. her for like a psychological profile, which they would probably have to compile for her since they're sending her psyche into people's minds. I do, like I said, I think it would be very on the nose and I'd probably complain about it right now, but I think it would make more sense if when they have their whole talk and everything we learn about Carl, or not, what the other guy's name, who murdered people. The yeah, cut, Charles the Gish. Charles Gish. If she said something, I don't know how it would have happened, but she said something about having an abortion or something yeah. there. It would have looked dumb. Don't get me wrong. It yeah. would have been like, ah, oh, we're planting seeds. But it would have at least made sense. This yeah. doesn't make sense that this makes her It doesn't out. play. It doesn't work. Especially after this. Because like I said, my favorite scene is the whole intestinal crank. Mm-hmm. Most, not even because of that. Most because of Vincent's poor, know, yeah. performance. But the little, hey, little worm. <laughs> it's like a British chilled child. Yeah, it's like, again. It's, it's like, it's, oh, my mummy and yeah. everything. Um, but yeah, it's so creepy and everything. And it just doesn't play Vince Vaughn screaming at her. Yeah. Though he is good in this point, I will say. He's trying. He's trying. He's, uh, Logan Lopez gave. But uh, J-Lo snaps out of it. Yep. And she stabs Vincent D'Onofrio with a horn. Is that, oh, I thought it was the scissors. Is it the horn? It, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a horn. Oh, okay. I thought it was the scissors that he was using. I'm pretty sure it's a horn. You're probably right, yeah. Um, but she stabs him here? Which doesn't yeah. make sense. Mm-hmm. I think it makes more sense in the back because she's well, she stabs him in the she... back and it comes through. Oh, it doesn't come yes. through. Okay, I thought she just stabbed him here, and nope. I was like, "How did he not see that?" <laughs> nope, it, it comes through the back. Okay, and it's impossible to con- convey it. It is impossible to convey how insane and unsettling Vincent D'Onofrio sounds. Oh my god! After he's been stabbed, it's like a deer getting hit. It's like because he's still doing the high pitch thing. Oh, it's so. Mm. It's creepy. Dream J-Lo saves Dream Vincent Vaughn. Uh, they save Carl Jr., who is standing... Or they see they, they see, see Carl. Carl Jr. standing next to a tank with a submerged woman. The woman has black, blank eyes and no teeth. Mm-hmm. There's also a floating cube, yes. which shows grainy black and white footage of the woman on each side, which oddly is foreshadowing an effect in Twin Peaks The Return. It does. Where in the White Lodge we see a contraption like this. I bet Lynch would watch this. Seems like I, a movie he would like. It's possible. He he mostly likes very old movies. That's true. Um, I did want to mention really quick with the last scene and everything is we talked about he sings Marizy Dotes when yep. he's doing this. He also starts humming. I don't know. Maybe I just heard it. It sounds like Life is But a Dream. Row, row, row. It's possible. Because he's doing something like, hmm, 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 hmm. And it seems to me like Life's But a Dream. There's a very much thing with Carl, so I was talking about before, is that he likes nursery rhymes. He sings Marizy Dotes. It's a lot, I think, just do with his child stuff and everything but also in the beginning in the scene where we see the first thing with the cell she says a nursery rhyme to come out of the cell they say about the the birds and everything um there's a lot i think again you could have made a lot more interesting things with that idea of nursery rhymes and everything that i don't think is expanded enough but it is interesting it's there i don't think it really connects to much no it's it's there j-lo cuddles carl jr Vince Vaughn notices some symbols that give him a clue. He yes. interrupts J-Lo and Carl Jr. as he tries to pull her away. Meanwhile, creepy Vincent D'Onofrio, king, but without the cape, now he just looks like the fucking Michelin man. Yeah. Um, with his round face, he starts, like, flipping. Mm-hmm. He's, like, up against the wall, like, it's doing amazing. a handstand with his face towards the wall. Then he slowly brings his legs down, and he flips towards... Uh, Carl Jr. and he takes him. This is my fav- second favorite scene in the movie. Vince Vaughn and Jayla wake up. Uh, Vince Vaughn uses the clue, and with Dean Norris's help, they find the silo. Uh, meanwhile, Jayla goes rogue. Yeah. She locks herself in the Dream Center and uh, 
goes to Carl's mood organ. Or yeah. His Penfield mood organ. Before that, really quick. Yeah. The thing with the the walk and everything, Vincent D'Onofrio came up with that. Did he actually do the handstand? It says Vincent D'Onofrio came up with the walk and the scoop. I'm assuming that that walk is the handstand and everything, yeah. so I'm assuming maybe he did it. Maybe he just said I could do it. I don't think he would have, but mm. maybe. My name is Vinny, and I'm. this is my first tumbling class. Please be gentle. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, wasn't he, like, I think he was, like, a Marine, or maybe that's just formula. I thought I, he actually no was clue. in the military, so maybe he did learn acrobatics anyway. But I don't that, think they teach acrobatics in the military. <laughs> I meant more being agile, but, yeah. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to talk quick about, because it's about where we're at and everything, is the whole thing with Catherine, because we talked a little about this outside of the podcast yeah. and everything, is Vince Vaughn, again, is unlikable because of the mental illness, hating that and everything. But there is a woman who's going to die. Yep. There is a timer. He has basically found the detail that, again, it's dumb that this is the detail that he needs to find because they would have already found that. But yeah. anyway, this is the detail. Which and is why I glossed over the process. Yes. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. And then when Jennifer Lopez, but she's like, no, we need to help this child. I understand you're a child psychologist. Carl is in a coma. He's in a He's super coma. He's not coming out of it. Yeah. What are you trying to accomplish? Because you can help heal his child. It doesn't make those people not dead. Yeah. And it doesn't mean Carl's going to come out of this coma. And even if he does, there is no jury in the world that's going to be able to say, oh, well, he's better now. Let's yeah. let him live out his life. He's still going to be either been put in a sanitarium or an insane asylum and everything. So it's like, what is your purpose here and everything? Yeah. And this is where the entire movie falls apart for me. Again, the mind stuff was amazing. Vincent D'Onofrio is great, and through the, the whole movie, he doesn't get bad in it. Yeah. The script takes a nosedive here for it me. It does. It really does. Like I said, J-Lo locks herself in the Dream Center, yeah. and she goes to Carl's Penfield mood organ, which regulates a bunch of different yeah. drugs or something. He's in a fucking coma, so why do you need to, like, So that was Carl's it? thing there. I believe so. I thought it was just some medical shit that they didn't want to explain, but yeah. I mean, it's also that. Yeah. And she does something, she jacks herself into the mind space, but this time she's bringing Carl into her mind. Oh. And her mind is very pretty. Yeah. There's a bunch of CGI cherry blossoms everywhere. She looks like the Virgin she's Mary. She's dressed like the Virgin Mary, <laughs> Which yes. makes no sense. Well, um, again, maybe with the abortion thing, it could have made... And with the baptism, the... True. The, uh... Although I I got a very backwoods Protestant feel from that baptism. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily a Catholic thing. Oh, that was, we're going to go out to the swamp. (laughs) Yeah. There's a peacock. Carl Jr. comes in and sits at her feet. And as she speaks to him, a gilded border forms in the corner of the frame, Mm -hmm. which was a nice but bizarre touch. It's a tarsome touch. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see what he was going for, but... But yeah, I like I wrote here. I mean, I'm a Virgin Mary. Okay, now she's the Virgin Mary. Love the imagery, but I have no idea what's going on. Mm. Uh, Carl Jr. wants to stay, but that's not an option. He's replaced by Big Carl. Mm-hmm. Big Carl tells a story about how when he was a kid, he found this injured baby bird. Yeah. He wanted to take care of it, but he knew his dad would like murder it, so he murdered it first. Yeah. To save it. It's a very trope. Yeah. It's a trope that you see a lot and everything. Then things get dark, literally. A dark tint takes over J-Lo's mind, and Carl Jr. comes back. Ultra Demon King Carl. Yeah, this is is the part where the movie, again, picked up for me. The transition's great from the water into this thing. There's a little pool of water in the center of the area. The costume's cool. I don't love the, like, I don't know what he has with his hair and everything. Thing this time I it's don't like, remember it's like dots or something on his head and everything it's like 
the main appeal is his crazy ass nipple piercing. Oh yeah, which is like a big ass that connects from one nipple to the other. Oh, it's cool. And J Lo is now in dark tones. She's dressed as a warrior. She shoots Carl with a uh, just an automatically reloading crossbow. She's now Diana the Huntress or something. Yes, and she kick him. She rips out the nipple piercing in a great effect. Oh, it's great. It's gnarly as shit. And beats the shit out of the demon. She pulls a sword out of her big butt (laughs) and plunges it into King Carl, twisting it. The music's great here. music is great. Howard Shore's great. David Cronenberg wouldn't work with anything less. Yeah, true. J-Lo sees Carl Jr., is also bloody and dying. She cradles him, and he has to be saved. Subtle. Yeah. Very subtle. Oh, very subtle. She she was the Virgin Mary, and he wants to be saved. Mm, I wonder what this is saying. Uh, J-Lo carries Carl to a pool in the middle of the world and lays him in the water. Yeah. And in case you didn't get it, this is juxtaposed oh. with flashbacks the of the baptism. You have to be pretty oh smart for you, this. Oh you have man. to have a Rick and Morty intelligence oh, to figure do. this out. You do. And the movie, the movie's not letting you. Oh, it's so unsubtle. It's yeah. Well, the 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 part where I thought the movie was teasing me is when I when we were watching it, and uh, and I was I literally wrote here. Um, how the fuck did she turn into this Diana the Hundreds woman? The rules of dreams make no sense to me. And then the line is, my world, my rules. And I'm yep. like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you just don't want to explain this. And that's that's a trope, too. It is. Where it's just like, eh, whatever. Deus Ex Machina. And- J-Lo drowns Carl, and he dies in real life. Just like that old wives' tale, wives we've, tale. Heard, we've heard since we were children. Yep. Later, J-Lo and Vincent Vaughn talk about, say things outside of old dead Carl's house. Before, before we go there really quick, I do want to give another props to, um, we've already given so many, but to Vincent D'Onofrio's performance. When yeah. she's, like, trying to stab him, and he's, like, black goo coming out of his mouth like pointed filed down pointed teeth and he's like you can't kill me or something he's barely coherent like he's just like yeah that's better yeah he's and he's He's like like, you can't kill me i'm immortal yeah i watch with subtitles that's why i knew what he was saying but i i usually do that on my second watch i don't think i did it this time i can't uh, watch stuff without subtitles nowadays uh later after everything, JLo and Vincent Vaughn talk outside of old dead Carl's house. They say goodbye. Later, back in her mind, JLo meets with Eddie. There's yep. a beautiful image of her stretching out blue cloth between oh, the it's two cool. trees. It's the fall. She again. hangs up uh, the toy boat so it looks like it's on the ocean. I thought we were skipping through the last 10 minutes super quick because none of it makes nothing, sense. Nothing <laughs> fucking happens. It it's doesn't. No, I, I agree like, with it's you. It's really not important. And that's the end of the film. So here's my biggest problem with the end of the film. Okay. Because I do have a big problem with this. So Jennifer Lopez, to kill the boogeyman, Carl, King Carl thing, you mm. have to kill Carl, young Carl. Yeah. So why the fuck does she want to do this to Edward? Because to kill Edward's demon, Mookie Lock, you would have to kill Edward. Well, I don't... <laughs> this is going back to what... You, like, I don't think they're the same demon. Okay, sure. I even though they both have the same infraction. But like, why does she want to bring? Nothing good happened in her mind. She killed Carl. But maybe she could save Eddie, like before maybe? he got bad, or like again, he's like a, a child. He's very young, like six, seven. Yeah. So and I think she's just trying to like. Oh, I'll bring you to a nice place, and then I can convince you to come out of your super coma or something. I guess. That's what I got. I think an interesting premise could actually be The Cell, too, even though I don't think it needs a sequel. It could be that Eddie, or Eddie, does become 
a Carl adjacent character yeah. and they have to pull out maybe this is again just Halloween ends the Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis <laughs> but you have to pull out old not Jennifer Lopez find a better actress yeah. Kate Blanchett um, to come out and because they look so similar they look so similar <laughs> and obviously Kate Blanchett is champing at the bit to do oh. a sequel to a largely forgotten cult classic yeah. but I think it could be an interesting premise if you get a good writer and everything not Mark Prosovovich yeah but yeah, so what's your final thought? I was very big on this movie the first time I watched it, mm. just because the style blew me away. Oh, the style was great, and just like you're never going to see this shit anywhere else. It's true. Uh, watching it, taking notes, looking at it more closely, you're right. The script does have huge problems, so I liked it less, but I still like it a lot. I, I think there's a lot of good things in it. It just when you start thinking about it, it falls apart pretty quickly. Yeah. But you still have very good bones left. Uh, so ultimately, I, I would still recommend it, and I still think it, as long as you have the stomach for it and yeah. can appreciate weird, fucked up stuff, it's like Super Tim Burton. Yeah. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I told me it was too negative, but I was pretty negative in this yeah. and everything. But not like I hate this movie. I gave it a three out of five on Letterboxd, um, and I still stick with that and everything. I think the style, like you said, there are things you're never going to see in this. Um, and I think they're really cool. I think for a serial killer drama, it's something I haven't seen before, yeah. which is a, a great because 14 seasons of Criminal Minds have tried yeah. to make sure there isn't anything you can't see anymore. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely would re recommend it. Like I said, if you have the stomach for it, I think there's some trigger warning stuff. I think there's some really dumb plot stuff. I think there's some stuff that comes off. I hate the trope that's, oh, if you come from a bad home, you have sexual yeah. assault. Yeah, yeah. A lot of what I see um, critics on this movie is misogyny. I don't really. I mean, yeah, Carl's a misogynist because he's yeah, bad, but he I don't women. think Tarsum. A lot of people are saying like, this film is celebrates misogyny, and I was like, I never saw that. No, I don't agree with that at all. I think there's some parts. I think the psychology in the film's flawed. It is, um, but I don't think it's offensive or anything. No, I, I don't um, think it's. Uh, no, also I heard people say the movie like praises masochism or sadism or something it's like no that's just the no. genre that's just the genre absolutely um, and it is worth it enough to see vincent d'onofrio's performance oh absolutely and just to see the crazy fucked up visuals he's really the lee pace for the for the fall that's for i feel like when vincent d'onofrio writes his memoirs it's going to be called vincent d'onofrio the lee pace, the lee pace of movies <laughs> yes absolutely um, but then again like i said very uh my favorite things out is tarsum and vincent d'onofrio they're both great but if you want to see Tarsum in a really good film, watch well, The Fall. Watch The Fall, <laughs> watch which the fall. is much harder to find than this film. Much harder to find, but much better. Uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. Uh, is there anything else you want to say? Nope. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening, and may God have mercy on us all. <laughs>